Hello. Welcome in. What's up? What is up? Two fans review wrestling podcast back at it again. That's what we do. Another week, another pay-per-view, Travis. Yeah, last time we we survived the series. We did. And now we we go to war again. That now makes it three technically pay-per-views in two weeks. Wow. Yeah, no wonder these past two shows have felt like really long shows. It has felt like a lot, yes. And and this one is uh, unique. Is unique a good word to use? You could say that, unique, yeah. We'll say unique. Going into it, we know no matches besides the Battle Royal. Right. And I (laughs) think on Saturday night we'll learn about another one, or we did last week, I should say. But welcome in to Fans Review Wrestling uh, Podcast, episode 13. Don't forget Facebook to Fans Review Wrestling. Email to Fans Review at gmail.com. The Twitter page is to Fans Review W1. And also don't forget to head to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify and subscribe, rate, and review new episodes that we hope to drop every Tuesday at noon. And Travis, guess what we get to do today? Before we get anything else started, what do we get to do? We get to read a review. Read a review. We got another review, and I want to read it. So uh, this is from Cycle Poet, who says, quote, Excellent podcast, well-produced and organized. Such a great listen for wrestling fans such as myself. Remember the wrestling they cover, or for more recent fans who'd like to get an idea of what made this period of wrestling so interesting, looking forward to listening to further episodes. So thank you very much for the review. We dig it. We yeah. love it, so yeah, thank you. Uh, make sure you go over, give us a review. We'll read your review uh, on the podcast as well. Like I said, also send us an email over at twofansreview at gmail.com to uh, share us your thoughts on what we're talking about. Maybe you know me and Travis say something and you think, well, no, you're wrong. It should have been this way. Tell us. Tell us how you feel. Yeah, even though we don't think that we're wrong, we may be, and you may you have may a be. different of opinion, or you may agree with us. Whatever, whatever, whatever your opinion is, yes. please, we want to, we want to know. Now, before we get into the news, we're going to do something that we've never done before. We're going to do something before the news. Okay, what's that? So, two episodes ago, we were talking about Jacksonville for Nitro, uh-huh. and how they we thought it was taped, yeah. and we were wondering why. Did my research? Uh huh. It was taped. Uh huh. Because WCW was in Japan. You want to hear the matches they had two nights in Japan? Yeah. Okay, so first they were in Tokyo with Sumo Hall on a New Japan WCW show. It was Koji Kenamoda, El Samurai, and Sinjiro Otani beating Jushin Liger, Yuji Nagata, and uh, Toki Mitsu Ishigawa in 1627. Uh, Junji Herata pinned Booker T in 629 with the diving headbutt. It was Masahiro Chono and Hiro Saito beat Johnny B. Bad and Bobby Eaton, which is a very weird combination. It is. Uh, in 1429. Uh, Ricky Choshu and Masa Saito beat the Nasty Boys in 8-22. The Giant and Arn Anderson beat uh, Hashimoto and Yuzada in 10-50 when the Giant pinned Yuzada with a choke slam. Ric Flair beat Nishimura, but the figure four, in 10-17. Hmm. Tenson pinned Kurosawa in 9-49. Again, Kurosawa, the jobber of all jobbers. Right. You're building right. this angle, and he's losing in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, IWGP World Champion, the Great Muda, pinned Lord Steven Regal in 1603. 
Regal getting a title shot there. Yeah. That's impressive. And Kensuke Sasaki pinned WCW US Champion Sting to win the title in 1247 with a brain buster after avoiding a charge in the corner. So that is where Kensuke Sasaki won the US yeah. title. We'll find out on World War Three that he is the champ. Right. It That's happened why. at that show. That's yes. why he's walking around yes. with the belt. Yep. So he is your US champ, and that will play into things later on but uh sasaki winning it over in japan over in sumo hall now the next night they were in hamamatsu japan it was naganimi pinning uh kenemoto it was otani pinning the liger for the dragon suplex in 1642 johnny b bad pinned uh takashi izuka in 1145 the giant pin in 304 during the bout the giant hit a drop kick off the top rope Wow. Oh, How about that? I love that it. That would have been nice to see. Love it. <laughs> Kurosawa beat Yuji Nagata in 423. So Kurosawa gets a win. He gets, finally gets to the W. There you go. Uh, Sasaki and Nishimura beat Lord Steven Regal and Bobby Eaton in 1315. Uh, Hashimoto pinned Booker T with the Brain Buster. The Nasty Boys beat Chono and Tenson. Um, and then your main event. How about this, Travis? Sting and the Great Muda. Mm-hmm. Beat Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in 1815 when Muda pinned Anderson with a moonsault. Wow. What a team. Yeah. It's a great team. That's it's a great dream team. team right there. But you notice one thing that I noticed as I was reading through these results. Uh-huh. Same WCW guys. They took like five guys over there, and yeah. that was it. Right. You have, you know, Regal, Booker T, Johnny B. Bad, Eaton, the Nasty Boys, and Sting. And Arn Flair. And that's basically it. Giant. So they took 10 guys, basically, over there. And then they just kind of moved them around throughout the uh, two shows. Right. It's kind of weird because Booker T still was Stevie Ray. Yeah, still yeah, with yeah. Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. So only got Booker, no Stevie. Only got Booker, no Stevie. Mm-hmm. Maybe Stevie had something, Other obligations. something else to do. But I wanted to get that out of the way first and foremost because it bugged us the past couple of weeks. So I have your answer. Yeah. There you go. He, they were... In Japan, and I guess with as many people being out as there was, you really couldn't do a Nitro with that many people out, with that many people involved Stars. in storyline. Yeah, you know, no Sting, no Luger, no Giant, no Flair, no Arn, no Johnny B. Bad, no... Yep. So you, you, you had no choice but exactly. to tape it. So. Yep. Makes sense. It does make Makes sense. sense. Yep. So there you go. Well, now we got that done and out of the way. All right. Thanks once again for tuning in. Glad you're with us. Let's get on to the news. <laughs> The news for the week brought to you by our friends at Two Fans Review Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. It's a great Facebook page. It I'm is. so glad they sponsored our news for the week. It is. All right. Starting with the ratings. WCW Saturday Night got a 2.2. Okay. That was this Saturday Night we're getting ready to review on this show. Last week's Raw, which is coming off the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. got a 2.3. 2.3. Last week's Nitro. 2.5. Mm. Okay. Now, the week before, I think, Raw won. Mm-hmm. But now, the Raw after the pay-per-view, they lose? Yeah. Right. That's very weird. It's very weird. That, that's something that you definitely don't want to see. No, it's not. So, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. First, let's get on to the news from Dave Meltzer. Federal prosecutors are investigating possible witness tampering and obstruction of justice in last year's Vince McMahon steroid trial. The Justice Department received information that Marty Bergman, a TV producer, who is the husband of McMahon's lead defense attorney, offered McMahon's former secretary and key governance 
government witness Emily Feinberg between $250,000 and $400,000 to change her testimony. Apparently, they have been investigating him since before the trial after reports came that Bergman had offered several other witnesses money to change their testimony. So... There you go. This investigation is trying to determine if the money Bergman offered witness came from Vince McMahon or from McMahon's lawyers. Bribing. Vince wouldn't do that. No. No. Justice was served. That's he right. Was not guilty. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Uh, WF did an angle with Shawn Michaels on Raw where he collapsed in the middle of a match with Owen Hart. EMTs tending to him as a showing off the air. Many people in the arena believed it was legit. Now, the angle was done to combat the Sting versus Hogan match happening on Nitro at the exact same moment. The idea is to play off of Sean's injuries um, as well. So, uh, Michaels is actually suffering from post-concussion syndrome issues from the assault and does need more time off. So, this was done to write him off TV for a while. Many people have said they feel the angle is in poor taste. I believe WWF is playing off the real-life sudden death of Olympic scanner Sergi Grinkoff, who collapsed and died last week. But Dave doesn't think it was that bad. Whether it translates in the ratings will have to be seen. And spoiler, does not. It does not. Does not. Mm. The first ever Hulk Hogan versus Sting dream match took place on Nitro last week and was totally overshadowed by the WWF angle. Dave thinks it was a mistake to hotshot a dream match like that with barely a week's worth of build on free TV. I agree. Oh yeah, totally. I agree. So this is a pay-per-view quality match, yep. and it was for free with little build. It says the show did an average rating and lost to Raw in the ratings this week. So so I've been wrong. So these ratings are for this week's episodes that we're reviewing. Hmm. So this was the Nitro after World War Three got a 2.5. The Raw got a 2.3. Gotcha. So, Nitro, so that makes more sense. Does, and it makes yeah. more sense why Raw won last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm all caught up now. Uh, Survivor Series is in the books. Bret Hart's the new WWF champion. It's only the second person to win it three times. Nash yelled motherfucker after the pin, along with some <laughs> other of the recent building booking. Dave thinks it shows WWF is moving in a somewhat more adult-oriented direction, like sort of a toned-down ECW. Dave thinks it's a response to the success and popularity of the UFC. Hmm. Could be, yeah. Mr. Perfect made a surprise return on the show as an announcer, but seemed unfamiliar with the storylines. And obviously, hadn't been following along in the last year, and he also seemed to get on Jim Ross's nerves throughout the show. Other notes from Survivor Series. Public Enemy worked a dark match, losing to the Smoking Guns, but word is they're still leaning towards signing with WCW. And, of course, Paul Heyman is trying to keep them in ECW. Bob Holly replaced Al Snow in the opening match because Holly was unhappy about not working enough shows and was threatening to leave, so they bumped Snow and put Holly on the show to appease him. Mari Janetti used the rocker dropper on the one two three kid, and Mr. Perfect said the move could break someone's neck, which surely thrilled Vince since, you know, it happened. Right. Yep. The All-Japan women flew 18 hours to work a rush 10-minute match that was disappointing. Ugh. I feel bad for them. An we'll 18-hour flight. We'll see more Japanese women we will. in this week, and it's very... It's weird all of all, that all of this is happening. It is, yeah. Um, Undertaker wore a scary-looking face mask due to his recent orbital bone surgery, and Diesel seemingly turned heel after the title match. Sabu made a surprise return at ECW's November to Remember. Heyman told the fans he had a surprise for them, then turned off the lights. When they came back on, Sabu was in the ring, and he and Heyman hugged while the crowd chanted thank you. For now, the agreement was only for one show. But both sides are still negotiating and suspected Sabu will be sticking around. Sabu had been working with WCW, but turns out he was never officially under contract. 
WCW has been upset with Sabu for several reasons lately. They didn't want him brawling outside of the ring so much, and he had been going along in his matches. Also, they were upset when his uncle, the Sheik, threw a fireball at the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view, which wasn't a planned spot. Sabu was unhappy being a mid-carder. On the WCW hotline, Mike today announced Sabu had been fired, but as of press time, no one from WCW had told him that personally. But by showing up in ECW, Sabu effectively quit WCW anyways. Right. So there you go. In an even weirder situation, Sabu has been working for Dennis Corluzo's NWA. Now, WWF star Hakushi worked one of the NWA shows, and Corluzo booked him against Sabu. WWF insisted that Hakushi not do a job to a WCW guy, so the match ended in a DQ. Sabu then immediately left the NWA show, drove across the river, and showed up at the ECW show the same night. Really? Which upset Corluzo, of Mm -hmm. course. Sabu claimed he decided at the last minute to work the ECW show because Heyman offered him a bigger payoff, but Dave doesn't buy it because he heard rumors that Sabu was going to be at the show several days earlier. Now, Sabu called Corluzo after the show and apologized, saying he didn't know until just a few hours prior to the ECW show if Heyman was going to come up with the money, so that's why he didn't tell him. Heyman and Corluzo do not have a good relationship. No. So I I wouldn't see why. Yes. <laughs> uh, New Japan's January 4th Tokyo Dome show was announced, and it's expected that Keiji Muto will defend the IWGP title against Takata in a New Japan versus UWFI rematch. In reality, New Japan pretty much owns and operates UWFI now, so maybe now they can do the promotional feud justice without feeling the need to totally bury UWFI. Antonio Noki is also expected to work the show, but no word against who. There are also no foreign stars on the show for the first time in years. Saw that New Japan might be ending its working relationship with WCW soon, as they mostly wanted to have access to Vader. But when WCW fired him, New Japan greatly lost interest in WCW. And a story that seems to happen every single week, I think. USWA is struggling with their usual Monday night shows in Memphis. Competing against both Raw and Nitro on TV is killing them, especially since Lawler is on Raw every Monday and can't be in Memphis. There's talk of maybe moving the shows to Wednesday nights, which would allow them to have Lawler back on every show, but live wrestling on Monday nights in Memphis is a tradition going back decades, and they're hesitant to change that. Wednesday night wrestling, that could work. It could. You never know what could happen. Uh, Dave has some notes about... uh, ECW is November to remember, but uh, we will save that. A lot of it has to do with stuff um, that we will see in the coming weeks. But one thing we will not see that's interesting. Are you ready for this? What's that? Shane Douglas was backstage at November to remember. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Woman has denied reports she's leaving ECW. Meanwhile, Conan worked his last ECW show and is reportedly heading to WCW. Conan is still going to help Paul Heyman book AAA stars, though. So, Conan, AAA, WCW, and ECW. Yep, Scott is handing everywhere. everything. Still no word on when or if Randy Savage is going to have surgery for his tricep injury. I don't know if he will or not. No time soon. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit had a four and a half star match on Saturday night. If you watch it on mute, if you listen to the commentary, it subtracts the star because it's so bad. And Dave says that Dusty Rhodes basically buried them when Tony Schiavone tried to say Benoit and Guerrero are revolutionizing wrestling. Speaking of bad commentary, Sonny Ono is the shits and is ruining the build for all the New Japan guys. So, there you go. Dave is not a fan of Sonny Ono. No, apparently not. Reportedly, the click, Sean, Diesel, Razor, Helmsley, and Kid, met with Vince McMahon for a while on the road for some house shows. And the purpose of the meeting was for Vince and the click to evaluate everyone on the roster one by one and discuss whether they should be moved up or down the card or what should be done with them. Word is that some of the guys the click liked were still doing jobs while someone they thought was useless 
a.k.a. Bob Backlund, for example, was getting reward a renewed push. So it's not looking like they had a whole lot of influence on Vince's decision-making. Anyways, you can just imagine how happy everyone else was in the locker room about this. Right, and these are some of the stories that, that you hear about the mm. click, and this seems like uh, one of their more more famous, famous ones, ones yep. of yep. uh, meeting with them and basically saying who they should push and who yep. they should. Who so. should they should get out. Right. Kama and Bam Bam Bigelow officially gave notice and are planning to leave. Meanwhile, Bob Holly hasn't given notice, but he's apparently sitting home and refusing to come to work. John Pierre is out after having hernia surgery, but no one's sure if he's coming back either. All of the above have been unhappy recently with both the amount of shows they're working and with the clicks influence. So there you go. That's your your is news that, update. Was that kind of Bob Holly's thing besides not being used properly? Mm-hmm. Is, was that kind of one of his gripes too about the click? Supposedly he wasn't well liked by the click, but a lot of the click members have said that in these meetings with Vince, they went to bat for Bob Holly and said, why aren't we doing more with him? So who knows? I mean, right. It's all, yeah. Well, it's one thing about if you want to push Bob Holly, but it's another thing of pushing Sparky Plug. Oh. And that's what he's still dressed like. Yeah. So, hey, all Sparky Plug. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, you got to figure out who are you? Are you Sparky Plug or are you Bob Sparky Plug Holly or, or Thurman. What? Thurman? Thurman. I'm Spark Plug Thurman, Thurman. Holly. There you go. I'm, I'm Sparky Thurman Plug, aka STP. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's it for your news. Let's move on to some actual wrestling, and we'll start with this week's ECW. ECW, live via tape from the ECW arena. Like that live via tape. This is extreme. This is extreme, and I immediately am mad at myself. Why is that? As soon as the show opens. So it starts with Joey saying, if you missed November to remember, you missed a lot. And then we get the open, and we get the Bubba Bully match that I didn't think was going to be on the TV. We reviewed it last week on our November to remember little episode. It wasn't listed as a match on anything that I had found, but alas... It was. There it is. So we get the entire Bubba Ray se- uh, segment from the pay-per-view, as well as his impromptu match with Bully. If you want to hear our complete breakdown of that, listen to last week's That's episode. Last week, yep. Yep. But I love how it's Bubba and Bully, because eventually Bubba yeah. will become Bully. Yeah, I didn't put those pieces together. I didn't until right that, now when I was does, looking at it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So let me get the proper ECW open about, what, 10 minutes in? That's good for ECW. Ten minutes or so, yeah. Joey welcomes us to ECW, and he says Public Enemy versus Sandman Scorpio tonight, as well as Joey plugging the November to Remember videotape back from break, and Joey talks about the tag match. Now, remember, it's Public Enemy versus Sandman Scorpio for the tag team titles. Sandman and Scorpio are the tag team champs. Scorpio Mm -hmm. is also the TV champ, so his belt's on the line as well. And the winner of this match, whoever gets the pinfall, will face Mikey for the title. Yep. Later on in the show. No complex booking. No overbooking no. at all. Not at all. No. No. So Joey recaps Public Enemy's success at past November to Remembers. I think at this point they are undefeated at November to Remember. Gosh, that 93 one just looks yeah. so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go to the match. Joey uh, calls Woman a gold digger, which I still find hilarious because why are you with Sandman? I mean, I know he was the world champ, but... Yeah. 
Exactly. Scorpio, though, holds the ropes open for a woman. So he opens the wrong rope. He does. He messes I up. I think she tells him, too. Yeah. Yeah. She tries not to crack a smile. But she does. Yep. She does a little bit. Uh, Public Enemies out in baseball jerseys, which I think is a tradition they do at November to Remember. Because I think in the past videos uh, from November to Remember's past, they were wearing baseball jerseys. The crowd immediately chants, please don't go to Public Enemy. So still don't. They know. They know. They're smart. They're smart. It's mm-hmm. the ECW arena. Yep. Um, and I put this match still doesn't make much sense to me. Because, again, if I'm Sandman, besides getting a chance at Mikey... I can't win the TV title. I can only lose my half of the tag titles, even if he's not pinned. Yeah. And if I'm Scorpio, if Sandman gets pinned, I... I think it. he kind of just kind of lucked into the tag, oh, yeah. tag team yep. championship. Scorpio just kind of needed a partner, and he yep. just threw the belt to Sandman. So, yep. so here you go. What, what does Sandman care if he loses his half of I the tag? Know. And he doesn't really care about the TV Cause, title. Because woman would be mad. About, he only cares about, that's true. Woman wants the gold. Mm-hmm. She wants any, belts. Any type of gold. Any type of belt, she's happy. So. Yep. Uh, Sandman now residing in Utah as opposed to California. Weird. It's just weird. <laughs> um, my next note, is this a swan song for Public Enemy? It certainly feels it that way. It feels like With it. With the fans chaining, please mm-hmm. don't go. Yep. And then you have Scorpio doing a little pre-match promo, and he suggests a dance-off. So we get a dance-off, which again feels yeah. like feels weird, and it feels like a last moment. It feels like sure. a, a last hurrah. This sure. doesn't feel like the blood feud that it's kind of been built up to be. You know, if you yeah. remember, Public Enemy set Scorpio on fire. Scorpio put Johnny Grunge on or Rocco Rock on fire. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be having a dance off, right? And I, it's kind of cute when ECW does it. It's yep. funny, haha, when they do it. But if WCW or WWE, oh, yeah. they started with a dance off, and oh, I know yeah. it's kind of Rocco's gimmick, a and little it's bit, Scorpio's but, gimmick yeah. a little bit. Yep. Yeah, but still, th- those two other companies would be crucified oh, yeah. for this. So Scorpio, and in fact, my next note: Scorpio, nice little dance. Rocco then dances, does the robot. He is pretty good. Go back to Scorpio, and I put, this is entertaining. Even though it's not what you expect from ECW, it's entertaining. Uh, Sandman then does the cabbage patch, and he moves his legs kind of a little bit, and uh, that was pretty good. Woman then dances for a little bit. Um, Public Enemy then does their hand wave thing until the champs attack from behind. So you knew it was only a matter of time, and the heels have to attack him. Sandman got involved, too. Yeah, Sandman doing a little cabbage patch in, and yeah, Yeah. it was nice. Um, And like I said, woman dancing a little bit, too, So until Public Enemy got a little too close to her. Right, right. Uh, Double team on Grunge as the champs mock Public Enemy. Rock a rock with a double clothesline from the top. Grunge takes out both men with the clotheslines. Public Enemy then takes them out to the floor with clotheslines, and Public Enemy controls the ring, but then we cut to Johnny Grunge hip tossing Sandman to the floor. So again, probably was a good match, but... It's going to be cut Cut. on TV. Yep. Uh, Rock with a splash. Scorpio with one in the ring as well. Rock, oh, Rock with an axe handle. Sandman comes back with an elbow. Uh, Sandman and Scorpio now have chairs. Now everyone has chairs. We get a chair fight. The classic chair sword fight. Yes. Uh, Low below by Scorpio. Then we cut. Scorpio with a chair to grunge. Scorpio then grabs a fan's prosthetic arm and hits Rock, oh, Rock. uh, While Rock hits Sandman with a pan and some food. But this is just a brawl. Grunge is bleeding. We don't know how. We don't know where it came from. Uh, Sandman then jumps over the railing while kicking Rocco Rock, which looked pretty impressive for Sandman. Yeah, exactly. For Sandman. For Sandman. (laughs) Johnny Grunge with a Vader bomb for two. Rock with a pie to the face of Sandman. This is 
it's just I think it, that's what we had earlier too. So yeah, it was a double pie, action. double pie action. <laughs> Grunge with a suplex, but Rock a Rock puts mustard on Sandman. They're they're going over the top. Food fight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Scorpio is choking out Grunge. We then cut, and Sandman has a springboard leg drop to Rock a Rock. Scorpio with a splash, and then we fade, and then we fade to woman yelling. Woman then canes Rocco Rock as he's draped over the ring ropes. Salmon then with a slingshot to Grunge. Salmon gets back dropped onto a table. Uh, Rock suplexes Scorpio to the floor. Grunge tries to suplex. Grunge tries to suplex Grunge, but Grunge is dropped face first. Yeah, he's talented. <laughs> he suplex Johnny Grunge. I think tried to suplex Sandman. Yeah, he did. But Sandman reverses yeah. it, and Grunge ends up getting dropped face yeah. first through the table. Right, yep. Uh, Rock a Rock now has Sandman on part of the table and hits a somersault plancha to Sandman through the yeah, what was weird. left. Yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> uh, Scorpio with a cane to Grunge. Rock a Rock sent into the ring. Sandman gets a Hurricane Rana for two. Scorpio with a broom handle to the gut, they said. And I put, this match isn't great. It's not that good of a match. No. Of course, the, the cuts cut up with the flow of it, but... Yep. Uh, yeah. Scorpio... Scorpio splash and a slam and a moonsault for two. We cut and Grunge is double teaming the champs. Rock a Rock though goes for the drive by, but oh, uh, Scorpio moved. He hits Grunge. Sandman then just falls on Grunge for the win. That's it. So Sandman gets the win. Post match, Scorpio revives Sandman with a beer. Sandman then dances. Scorpio then drops the beer and Sandman oh, is upset, but then they hug. Yeah, everything's okay. Everything's it's a party okay. foul for Scorpio dropping the beer, but. Joey Styles calls it cheap, a cheap beer. Hey, Bush's. It's a you're, delicacy. You're, you're the ex, you're the expert here. <laughs> I was Bush gonna, is cheap, but it's it's good. It's fine. I was gonna say Scorpio doesn't seem like the kind of person who holds a can. He holds something a little lighter, sure. I think. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was funny that he revived him with a beer. With the beer, yes, absolutely. So now that means Sandman is gonna take on Mikey for the world title. Gets his rematch. Mm-hmm. So we see that again. We go to break. We come back from break, and out comes Sandman with woman. But oh no, Steve Austin attacks Sandman, and Sandman was yelling into the camera. It's kind of like that famous image. Oh, it you is. Always, you yep. always see that image of that happening, and yep. here it is. It here it is right in living color. Yeah. Uh, Austin with a cane shots to Sandman, and then a stun gun on the guardrail. Austin's then in the ring while Sandman is checked Before on by damage in the control. Ring, though. He took a swig of some beer. Oh. So the first Steve Weiser. Oh, right there. <laughs> right right there. there. Yep. Uh, Salmon gets checked on by Damage Control, and I know we've mentioned it before, but I love that the medical team in ECW is damage called Damage Control. control. And they I have just it love on, it. Their, on the yes. back of their shirts. Yes. It's so gimmicky. <laughs> I love yeah, it. That's pretty funny. Uh, break, and we will find out if this will be the world title match. So we're back, and Mikey's out, and he looks somewhat trepidatious. And Steve Austin says that November to Remember is the debut of Steve Austin because clumsy Sandman couldn't make it to the ring. Yeah. So clumsy. So clumsy. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, though. I know it wasn't last week. It may have been the week before or the week before that. We were told in a hype hype center that November to Remember was going to be the debut of Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. But then they immediately shut up about it. So I... Basically, you made that tag match absolutely pointless by throwing by throwing in the stipulation about the person who gets the pinfall faces Mikey. Yeah, if this was always going to be the outcome, why not just book book Austin versus Mikey? Yeah, because Austin remember came out before the ladder match, and basically, as Joey said on commentary, he's challenging the winner. 
Right. So why couldn't that just be a match? Well, maybe this wasn't the original plan for Austin's first uh, opponent. That's the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. But it also sets up a little bit a match down the line. It does. With him and Sandman. So that we may not get. Well, we may. That's not. what it sets yeah. up. But uh, Austin then cuts a promo and says that Mikey's name tonight for the next couple minutes is Eric Bischoff. Uh, like that. Was that. Good. that was good. Uh, also, the, the sign guy for ECW, he has a couple of signs that I appreciated. Uh-huh. He had one that said Austin when Austin came out. Austin, the future is now, or the Ooh. future has arrived. How so true, he, he he, how true he, knew, he would be. He knew. And then Mikey, he's not a fan of Mikey, apparently, because he said, Mikey, a fluke's a fluke. I saw that one multiple times. And Joey pointed it out a little yep. bit. He yep. kind of brought it up. Well, he's like, it might have been a fluke, but he's kind of like, I'm proud that yeah. Mikey yeah. is Mikey's the, champ. the champ. I did like that uh, when Austin said that Mikey's name is Eric Bischoff, Joey was like, beat his ass. I know. I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Austin then wants Mikey to leave the ring so he can be introduced. Mm-hmm. He does it. He respects Mikey, but not enough to stand in the same exactly. ring as him. Yep. Uh, but Austin attacks Mikey as he is going out of the ring and has him out on the floor. Mikey or Austin with a slam on the railing. Austin gets back in the ring, an elbow to the head. Austin with a kick to Mikey. Austin now has Mikey and is choking him on the middle rope. Austin then starts bad mouthing Hat Guy. Whoa, mm-hmm. heel moves right there. Yep. Uh, Austin then gets sent into the railing. Snapmare by Austin. Austin with a big boot leg drop cover for two, and Austin immediately shakes his finger. Yeah, mocking Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, so the big boot leg drop only got a two, and then he's shaking his finger like, yeah, no, no, no. Definitely Hogan. Uh, throws Mikey over the rope to the four. Austin sends Mikey back into the railing. Austin gets reversed. Mikey is then sent into the railing, but comes back with a punch. Mikey coming back with lefts and rights. He knocks down Austin. Crowd starts chanting, fuck him up, Mikey, fuck him up, which I always appreciate that <laughs> yeah. chant. Um, Mikey with punches in the corner. Austin with the stun gun, but it only gets a two out of that. Uh, Austin with Mikey in the corner. Mikey with sunset flip with the tights down, and Mikey gets the win. Post match, Austin with a clothesline to Mikey. Austin is stunned. Joey said, "I put he nice did. line yep. there, Joey." Mm-hmm. Um, and then Austin throws Mikey from the ring. So Austin dominated, but the leg drop, the stun gun, could only get two. Puts Mikey over very strong, even though it was just a roll up win with the tights. Yep, Mikey still looks like a decent contender. And I was worried when this match started because I was like, Austin has to look good because it's his debut. Mm-hmm. But I still don't find Mikey as a credible champion. Right. And I think him kicking out of two of Austin's signature moves. One was his former finisher in WCW. Yep. Kicking out of both of those really helps legitimize Mikey as yes, he is a world champion. A legitimate champion. Yep. He's resilient and he could take the other guy's best shots yep. but still still come back for us. So yeah. Yeah. He even though he, he got the, the fluke win, he still looked good. And I and think, Austin looked good. I think the booking of this match was perfect. It was. I yeah. think I think you couldn't have done any better. And also, this match looks familiar if you played the WWE 2K video games because this was the exact match that they had when they had Austin on the cover and throwing his journey of wrestling, and this was the match. This was the match. This was Mikey's attire, I can remember, and it was Austin's attire as well. It was. Yep. This is is a very very famous match. And appreciate Austin while you have him, CW. Right. 
We come back and Raven talks about Alternate Jeopardy. He says if he loses, he loses Beulah, but that's okay. She's come, She'll come back like she always does. Raven then is talking about wanting his only friend, but he couldn't be there, and that was Tommy. Raven says that he cried, but he will never cry again. Tommy then attacks Raven, saying, I was there, I was there, see you in the cage. And Raven says he will finish Dreamer at Ultimate Jeopardy. So, it was an all right promo, I thought, from Raven, but nothing really to write home about. Have they ever mentioned Ultimate Jeopardy before on television? I think so, because that's the famous shot of, I thought anyways, of Dreamer hitting Raven with the, the chair. I think that where he's handcuffed to the cage, mm-hmm. I think that was an Ultimate Jeopardy match. But as far as recently, no, this is the first mention of it. So what Ultimate Jeopardy is, Travis, Mm -hmm. everyone in the match has to put up something that if they lose, they lose. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know who else is in this match. I guess Raven is. And I guess Tommy is. Don't know what they're giving up. But it's just weird that Raven just throws it out there and mentions Ultimate Jeopardy when we haven't ever heard it uttered on... I guess if you do know ECW and you've watched it before, you know what he's talking about. Just I just didn't know what I was talking about because they haven't mentioned it yet. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm looking for. Here we go. All right. I think I found it. So Ultimate Jeopardy is happening at the December to Dismember uh, show, which is December 9th. So that's coming up just a little bit. I don't think it's on the network, but... It may be under the, the um, like what should we call it? Whatever you, the super shows or whatever yes. that they put under that. Or they might so, have even classified it as a pay-per-view. They may have. So here's the card for that match. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dudley Brothers, which is Bubba Ray and Dances, beat the Bad Crew. So that's good. Taz beat El Porto Ricano by submission. Which, by the way, we're, I'm going to date the show, but that's okay. AEW After Dark. Yeah, has a wrestler on there called El Hijo del Por- El Porto Ricano. I want to know if that's actually the son of El Porto Ricano, and if it's not, then there's some good tape trading going on there somewhere because yeah. that's Someone knows. that's a deep cut. Someone's been paying that's a deep attention. cut. They're listening yeah. to us. We have a listen in Jacksonville. I saw it in the numbers. Thank so. you, thank you. Uh, Hack Meyer faces Bruzo- Bruiser Mastino, which, by the way, Bruiser Mastino is Mantar. Oh, really? Mantar and ECW. You ready for that? Mm. No. The Eliminators and the Pitbulls go at it again. Raven faces Dreamer, so they have a singles match first. Then they're going to be in Ultimate Jeopardy later. JT Smith is in action against Tony Stetson. The Sandman, Mikey, and Austin have a three-way for the world title. Mm-hmm. And then we get Public Enemy and the Heavenly Bodies... Yes, oh boy. the heavenly bodies. Oh and then we get Ultimate Jeopardy. And here's here's Ultimate Jeopardy. Everyone's going to give up something. It's two teams. Are you ready for these teams? Yeah. Dreamer, the Pitbulls, and Public Enemy mm-hmm. versus Raven, Richards, the Eliminators, and the Heavenly Bodies. So I think that there's a man advantage or because it's Dreamer, the Pitbulls, that's three. Public Enemy, that's five versus Raven, Richards, the Eliminators, and the Heavenly Bodies. So it's a six-on-five six match. Yes. And each participant had a stipulation that would be implemented if they were defeated. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Raven, if he was defeated, whoever defeated him would get his valet Beulah for a week. Oh, for a week. Wow. If Tommy loses, his head would be shaved. Yeah, Raven mentions that. If Public Enemy loses, they would be forced to wrestle one another. 
Okay. If the pit bulls lose, they would be forced to split up, and whoever defeated them would get their valet, Francine, for a week. <laughs> for a week. If the Eliminators lose, they would be forced to leave ECW, and their manager, Jason, would have his head shaved. Ooh, uh... If Stevie Richards loses, he would be locked in the cage for five minutes with the members of the other team. <laughs> and if the Heavenly Bodies lose, all stipulations for their team would be enforced. Oh, wow. So if the Heavenly Bodies lose, everyone else on Raven's team has gonna, to... I was just going to say, what could the Heavenly Bodies have to like put on the line? It's your first time but... on an ECW show, and you're going to be the ones that have to, you know, if everyone loses. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. So, yes. We won't unique. talk about that just, just in case it comes up. I don't know if it's going to or not. We'll do some looking. If it's not, then, um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll let you know. But uh, I will tell you something. Their January ECW show, their big January event, the ECW Arena, is titled House Party. So take of that what you will as far as the future of certain people in ECW. Mm-hmm. Yep. I won't tell you the subtitle b- because that would give it away. It just gives it away too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there may not be some people long for this world. Anyways, come back. Joey talks about Paul Lee being in the ring and how Paul Lee's there. Joey then throws to the moment that Sabu comes back to ECW and they shake hands and that's the end. Yep, that's it. Not a great episode of ECW. But, I mean, it did kind of end strong with yes, it did. the Sabu thing and the crowd going nuts, even though for the past however many months they've been... Yeah disparaging Sabu's name, but now he's they back. Have. So now he's back, so it's fine. all good. Everything's good. Everything's good. No ill will. Fine. Yeah, we're all friends now. Back in hardcore. Came back and did what I wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. For little to no money, probably. <laughs> probably. All right, speaking of little to no money, WWF Superstars? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> WWF superstars, and I meant that the shows drew little to no money. That's I figured that's why. Yeah, yeah, because it's superstars. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So Vince, Jerry, and Jim Ross are on commentary. So there you go. This episode of Superstars was taped on the same location as Raw because the company had to get Superstars ready to air a day early because of Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I had to get it out a day a good early. Why. We get highlights from the 123 Kids ongoing issue with Marty Jannetty, including Sid's attack on Jannetty on Raw. And we get our opening contest. The 123 Kid beats Rich Myers after a spinning heel kick in 308. So there you go. Jannetty cuts a promo during the match about how he's going to get revenge on the kid and Sid is not going to stop him. Sid plays the role of a lumberjack in this bout, tossing Myers back into the ring when the kid knocks him uh, for a loop. For some reason, the kid uses two spinning heel kicks to win this match, which makes the move look less effective than it needs to be. Why hit two of them and go for the pin? Just hit one. Want to inflict more punishment? I guess so. Uh, Vince then explains that Michaels has not been the same since In Your House, and the beating that he suffered during the wild card match Survivor Series ex- exacerbated? Yes, exacerbated his physical problems. Vince using the big words there. Yeah. The audience is told that Michaels is out of action for an indefinite period of time. Brad Radford is then shown doing jumping jacks backstage with Skip in preparation for their match today against the Smoking Guns. So, a body down right. in training. Fatu pins Reginald Walker after a top rope splash in 212. McMahon insists that Fatu is making a difference in the WWF, 
But there has been little evidence to support that assertion since Fatu adopted the gimmick months ago. Nevertheless, Fatu tells fans that they need to stay in school and not do drugs as he blows through Walker with ease on the broadcast. Doc Hendricks reminds fans that they need to go to Madison Square Garden tonight and make sure to bring a can of food to show that WWF cares about the hungry. The card is headlined by Bret Hart defending the WWF title against The Undertaker. The British Bulldog, who's wrestling Diesel at the show, cuts a promo with Jim Cornette, with Cornette saying that Diesel's life will continue to crumble at the hands of the Bulldog. We then get the Bulldog in action as he defeats Tony Williams after a running power slam. Lawler chides the chances of Williams beating the Bulldog, and Lawler would know as this broadcast has been littered with USWA talent. Tony Williams, USWA. He does manage to knock the Bulldog off his feet with a few drop kicks, but makes the ill-advised choice of trying a flying body press the Bulldog plants him with the running power slam for the win. Get a replay of Diesel's promo from Raw. Triple H is then shown visiting a hog pen, and he is aghast that real hog farms exist. He complains about the smell. We then go to Henry Godwin beating Jason Arndt after a slop drop in 151. Jason Arndt, do you know who he is? Who is that? He's a member of the Mean Street Posse. Really? Yes, that is Pete Gas, I believe, is who he will become. Hmm, really? It's either Gas or Abs. I can't remember which one. Maybe Joey Abs. Joey Abs. Joey Abs. Uh, Godwin tells Humsley in a pre-recorded promo that he will show him what Arkansas farm life is about at In Your House. So, there you go. Bob Backlund is shown campaigning in the crowd. Godwin comes by to argue with him, threatening to slap the presidential candidate before Backlund hides behind some fans. Call one 900 wf to get an update on Shawn Michaels' medical condition. I'll there do that. Go. Yep. Goldust beat Ken Raffer with a curtain call in 213. Goldust is showered with faggot chants by the crowd. The first time that there has been a louder reaction like that to this character up to this point. Raffer usually goes by Raper, but the company obviously thought it was a poor choice of name, suggested the P in his name for an F. Goldust puts on his best match yet, aggressively beating on Raper before debuting his curtain call finisher for a televised audience. So, curtain call gets its debut. Barry Dudinsky then puts over an awful-looking Bret Hart t-shirt that's filled with lots of ugly text. We'll we will see, see it on Raw. Oh, it's a it's a beauty. It is. And then in your WWF Tag Team Championship match, the Smoking Guns beat Skip and Rad Radford after Billy pins Radford with the Sidewinder in 718. Lawler tells McMahon that he would love to face Bret Hart for the WWF title, and because he wants to train to face him at a later date, he will be taking some time off of commentating on Superstars. So, there you go. Having Skip and Rad for challenge for the title is, is not a bad idea in theory, but they've only teamed up once on television, and in that one time, they lost to Barry Horowitz on Hakushi. So, right. What have they right. done to earn a title match? <clears throat> Sunny is the most over-participant in the match, getting a big pop when she trips Bart as he runs the ropes. Poor Skip has been so devalued on television that the crowd barely reacts to a somersault plancha he performs near the end of the match. Both teams have good chemistry with the heels putting Bart in peril with some good double teams and cheating, and the guns win after heel miscommunication sends Skip flying into Sonny, who hops on the apron and tries to get involved in the detriment of her team. It did get three stars, so there you go. I love that. Doc Hendricks does one final sell for Madison Square Garden with The Undertaker saying that it is time for Bret Hart to face the Reaper, while Bret says he is not going to lose the WWF title in his house, which he interprets as Madison Square Garden instead of Canada, since this is 95 and not 1997. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Perfect then comes to the ring and Lawler announces that Perfect will be his replacement for future Superstars episodes. So, if you want to listen to Mr. Perfect on commentary, Superstars is the place to go. Superstars. Are you ready for next week? You're going to love this. next week? Next week, we get one match announced. Okay. Sid and the 123 Kid 
Clash with Barry Horowitz and Hakushi. All right. You can yeah. see Sid Powerbomb Horowitz. Horowitz, yes. Straight through the mat, hopefully. 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 That's what we hope. get to see. Yeah, I'm done with uh I'm I'm done with Barry. He can go away now. <laughs> he came around. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's nothing, so there you go. That's he, right. He had his moment in the sun at SummerSlam. That was the moment. After that, he can go away now. Go away, exactly. Horowitz. Go away, Barry Horowitz. Go away. All right, you ready to go to WCW land? Yeah. WCW Saturday Night, like I've said before, it's been a while, and if you're a first-time listener, we are not watching these shows. Why? Because they are not on the network. So, WWE Network, get these shows up there. However, if you, by some chance, maybe you have somewhere we can watch these shows, email us a link to it so that we can watch these shows. I want to watch them. Just, I'm a completionist, Travis. Or not. You don't have to. I will watch okay. them. I'm a completionist. Yeah. I, I hate knowing that I am reviewing wrestling that I myself am not seeing. Yeah, it's just superstars on Saturday night, though. I would much rather watch Saturday night. If you can find me some Saturday nights, because there's stuff that actually happens on Saturday night. Right. It used to be a big deal. Superstars, not so much. I, I will be okay if I don't watch superstars. But sure. I want to hear Tony and Dusty more, if I'm 100% honest. I definitely agree. I want to hear more Tony so, Schiavone. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Not so much Dusty? Not so much Dusty. So much. He, he was entertaining at times, but oh, more yeah. Tony we'll, Schiavone, We'll please. talk about Dusty. Um, and we see him for we some reason him. on World War Three. We hear him. We hear him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, opening contest, Arn Anderson pins Joy Mags after DDT. Teddy Long watches another Mags losing effort. As Mags gets too preoccupied with Brian Pillman on the floor, and Anderson DDTs him when he comes back into the ring. Mark Starr pins Disco Inferno after a schoolboy roll-up. Um, yeah, Starr gets the win. It ends his own three-match losing streak and gets Disco out to a four-match uh, losing streak. Trying to make the best of a sad situation, though Disco dances at the end of the match. So even though he lost, he's still going to dance still for you. Dance. Mm-hmm. Gene then interviews Disco, who is uh, delusional, says that he recently beat Starr as part of his Shake Your Booty Tour. He hypes himself as a favorite for the World War III Battle Royal because he beat some jobbers last week on WCW Pro. There you go. Now I'm going to win it all. Win it all. <laughs> Don't bet on him, though. <clears throat> no. VK Wall Street pins Barry Houston after the stock market crash in 355. Houston takes a crazy bump when Wall Street throws him out of the ring, having his legs smash against the ringside guardrail. Unable to stand, he scores a near fall from a small package only to succumb to the stock market crash. Chris Benoit beats Eddie Guerrero after a flare uh, interference. Actually, this is a flare pin in 11.04. This is the third match between the two. It ended in double knockout last week, so the audience is treated to a fourth bout today. Uh, Guerrero has assembled quite a following from the Atlanta crowd who cheer for him um, as Benoit makes his entrance. So, a uh, good match. Um, Benoit needing to get the win here. Uh, since he's going to be in a U.S. title match against Sasaki. He ended up getting four stars, Travis. It's pretty damn good for Saturday night. See, it's stuff like this I want to see. Like, I want to see, we're we're not getting nearly enough Benoit Guerrero on Nitro. Malenko. Matches like this. I want to see this. Yeah, this match I would. Yeah. Oakland then interviews Benoit, who says that the United States champion Sasaki will be leaving Virginia in an ambulance 
says that the four horsemen work together so that one of them will leave World War III with the title. Okay. Kevin Sullivan then beats Eddie Jackie after a diving after a double stomp in 26 seconds. Oakland then interviews Sullivan and Hart, and Hart brags about how the Dungeon of Doom took the WCW title away from Hulk Hogan, and Sullivan recaps why he hates Hogan. So, there you go. There's that. DDP with the Diamond Doll pins Bart Sawyer after the Diamond Dream in 431. Fans are treated to another star jobber rematch as Paige beats Sawyer on the June 24th episode of Worldwide. So there you go. The doll gives Paige a 9 during the match, only giving him a 10 when he does a pancake slam. Some fans facing the hard camera flash zero signs as Sawyer tries to take advantage of Paige going shoulder first in the ring post on a blind charge. Uh, lands a few drop kicks to the Sawyer, but Paige catches him with the Diamond Dream off the ropes to quit fooling around and go on to World War III on a winning streak. Oakland then interviews Paige and the doll. Paige says that things are going well for him, but they will be bad for Johnny B. Bad at World War III. Promises to rip his ears off and put them in his back pocket so Bad can hear Paige kick his ass. <laughs> Paige That's has unique. Paige has to self-censor the last bit because of the Turner people. The doll is still upset that Paige seems to care more about the television championship than he does about her. Scott Norton gets a win as he pins Doug Becker with a reverse shoulder breaker in a minute two. There you go. Hacksaw Jim Duggan beats Tom Burton after a three-point stand and clothesline in 4.49. So, there you go. One-man gang is formally introduced as part of the Dungeon of Doom after WCW Prime jumped the gun. The gang says he lived in darkness until the master and Kevin Sullivan pulled him up. Tells Hulk Hogan that he needs to be afraid of him. While this is happening, the Zodiac runs around and makes random noises. So, there you go. A video package hypes the Sting Flare match for World War III. I guess that now makes three, so four matches we know. We now know, know, four. know the Battle Royal, the U.S. title, TV title, and Sting Flair. There you go. No it's hard coming together. No time like the day before <laughs> exactly. to hype it. Uh, Lex Luger then beats Jerry Lynn, Mr. JL, via submission to the torture rack in 755. So, um, oh, actually, no. Jerry Lynn wrestled as Jerry Lynn in this match, which is strange since he's already Mr. JL in WCW, but they had him just be Jerry Lynn, which is weird because JL is a jobber, basically. Yeah. So why not? That's whatever. Um, Lynn scores a few hope spots with some aerial moves like a missile drop kick, but one dive too many results in a power slam and a torture rack for the win. It went 7.55. If it would have been about a four-minute match, it would have been great, but it was way too long for what it was. Ogreland then interviews Luger and Hart, and Hart helps, hypes Luger as a future WCW champion. Luger takes credit for injuring Savage's arm and says that he will help it. That will help him win at World War Three. So I guess Luger Savage. Yeah, we're at five matches. Like Thank it. you. Uh, he warns Hogan that he has his manager and will soon get his old title. This is a good Luger promo, as he always did better when he could talk faster. A tape backstage segment puts an end to the Hogan Sting rivalry with Hogan saying Sting has always been a friend. And he will never question his integrity going forward. Hogan admits he was paranoid, and Sting had him beat at Nitro. Sting then screams about how flattered he is until Hogan turns conversation toward Luger. Sting says that Luger is one of his lifetime buddies, so Hogan just tells him to be careful going forward. Tune in next week, Travis. We get to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan face VK Wall Street. Also, the American Males and the One Man Gang will be in action. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for that. One Man Gang. Mm-hmm. How about it? How about that? 
Anyways, um, I was seeing if there was anything. Um, oh, WCW, here's some news for it. WCW put a little pressure on Michael Buffer to choose between them or UFC. Um, Buffer agreed to do future WCW events because WCW runs more major shows. So get ready to see more Michael Buffer sticking around. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, time to move on to some WCW World War Three. Are you ready, Travis? Let's go to war. Uh, all right, let's go to war. World War Three. Took a long time to kick in. I know it was a long intro. It was, but I like it. It's got a nice war theme to it. It's definitely. So we are at war. It's WCW World War Three um, pay per view intro from the scope in Norfolk, Virginia. It's got a unique look. It does have a unique look. I don't necessarily know if it's good or not, but it is unique. I will make comment of that later. I all right. Let's just talk about it now. I don't like the lights in the ceiling. No, no, I'm not a fan of them. Sorry, mm. not a fan. Huh. I kind of like it. It's unique. Unique doesn't always mean good. Sometimes it just means unique. Well, but it's different. This show, by the way, had 110,000 buys worldwide. That's down from Havoc, which had which had 145. So. It is the second lowest bought pay-per-view of the year. The lowest will be next month at Starcade, mm. which is not good. No. Um, but on a positive note, 12,000 people was a sellout. But of the 12,000 that were there, 8,000 paid. Ooh, not so, not so good. Made $113 at the live gate. That is the uh, third most. $113,000. Okay, that's better. It's the third most all year. Behind Halloween Havoc, which had 138,000, and Super Brawl 5, which had 165,000 at the live gate. So, wow. I believe, and let me double check my double check my numbers here, but I believe this is the first pay per view in November, as last year they just had a uh, Clash of the Champions. So even if the numbers aren't great, it's better than nothing for a Clash yeah, of the exactly, Champions. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there we go for that. You want to know WCW's highest bought pay-per-views of the year were Super Brawl and Uncensored, both getting two hundred twenty thousand. Third place was Bash of the Beach, two hundred ten thousand. Thank goodness it had a lot of buys because that was the one on the beach and they paid no money. Yeah, literally on the beach, nothing. <laughs> so we get the pay-per-view intro, which still has Sabu in it. So they are not going to make does. that change. Nope. Okay. And then we get that there are going to be three giants. Who are the three giants I put? Can someone please explain to me who these three giants are? Because it's not mentioned in the pay-per-view. The, I can't remember. There, there's another uh, Battle Royal promo. I don't know if it was before the actual Battle Royal. Yes. But they do say. They say it's the Giant, the Yeti, and Hogan. And the biggest giant in Biggest pro giant in pro wrestling, Hulk Hogan. No. So that means that they couldn't find another giant, so they just had to. One had man to gang sing. was there. Really, Why wouldn't yeah, gang be a giant? I guess you consider him a giant. Uh, whatever. 
Tony and Bobby welcome us to the show. Tony picks Hogan to win. Bobby picks Savage. Tony says that Luger and Savage and Flair and Sting will all be in action before the show, before the, the Battle Royal. Right. Gene then does a promo on like the old 1990-91 WWF Superstars announced set. Right, where Gene I, should be up on that little stage there. I don't like it. I do. Are you a fan of that? It's an old school thing, and it gives you old school WWF vibes, that little bitty staging area. But this is WCW. I know. I don't want WWF vibes. I want WCW. But I mean, it gives you old school Gene. Like, this is where Gene would always interview people. I want him on the set. I want them on the set of Saturday Night with Tony. That's where I want him. No interviews on the shows. Well, there. Would you agree? Few too many interviews yeah, on this was, show. There was a lot. We'll talk about them. There was a lot. Uh, Gene has Savage, Sting, and Hogan. Hogan says, uh, "You know something, mean Gene." Immediately, Hogan calls Savage and Sting his two best friends. Hogan then gets rid of the dark side of Hulkamania and he throws it in a bin, and then the bin just magically catches on fire. And Hogan says he will never question Sting again. And Savage apologizes and says, Sting is the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, the coolest. Hogan talks about Macho Man's arm being perfectly fine. And then he pulls out an observer from our friend Dave Meltzer and says, Observe this, brother. This is what we call a rag sheet. Rag sheet. And he throws it in the fiery bin and he burns the observer. And he says, This is garbage because the internet now has all the scoops. Yeah, because he said the rag sheet uh, said that Giant was going to win and yes, that Savage and that, was hurt. Yes. And uh, the whole time when this bin just uh, magically explodes, mm-hmm. uh, Savage in particular, he's just running yeah. around the thing. But uh, he was Sting, really and close. Hogan, Sting and Hogan are very worried about this, uh, about well, when this it, bin that's on fire. When it They're blew up, because it literally blows up this little bin. This little trash can they have. Savage wasn't that far away from it, and he kind of moved really quickly, like, yeah. oh, brother. Hey. But Savage really wasn't worried about no, it. No, after that, Sting he wasn't. But Sting and Hogan were very concerned about this. So was Gene a little bit. Put it, that fire out. Put that fire. Not a great. Okay. Maybe I was too young. But did a lot of people have internet in 95? No. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Like, that's like a 90. Seven late ninety seven ninety eight thing like that was when the internet like, explored. They were this trying. And... They were trying to make it something with AOL and everything. Yeah. So I, maybe it wasn't. It's bigger than what we think. No, WCW, I just don't think of it. As. WCW uses CompuServe. Well, CompuServe. There CompuServe. it was. <laughs> there it was. We're gonna get a video hyping Johnny B. Bad versus DDP, and that's our opening match: DDP versus Johnny B. Bad. TV title versus the Doll because if it's a pay per view in ninety five, Johnny B. Bad's on the opener. <laughs> don't you worry. Johnny B. Bad runs to the ring. We get a tie-up. DDP gets Bad in the corner. The two then lock back up and go to the floor. Bad with a right and DDP with an eye poke. DDP then gets sent into the post. DDP with a double axe handle. Bad with a cross body, but he rolls through for a two. Bad with a Samoan drop for two. Headlock takeover by Bad for a one. DDP shifts his weight, gets a few near falls. DDP with an overhead hammer lock. Then DDP with a hair pull. Bad with an arm ringer, but DDP with another hair pull. Bad then gets a hair pull and he gets chastised by the ref, which I always love that in a match. When the heel's able to get away with it, the face tries to do it. The ref's like, hey, you can't do that. And the face is like, he just did it to me. Right. DDP misses a dive and goes over the top rope. Should have been a DQ, but they said no because his momentum carried him. Johnny B. Bad with a 619. Doesn't hit anything. Just does it. And then he goes with a crossbody out to the floor. DDP then gets the doll in front of Bad. 
Um, Bad then sent into the rail. DDP steps on the hand of Johnny B. Bad. DDP then whips Bad into the corner and hits a back suplex. DDP with a spinning pancake. Uh, the dial doesn't give him the 10 that he asked for, though. DDP is in control, but Bad catches the boot of DDP and spins him. And if you know anything about DDP and he catches boot, don't spin him. He's going to hit you with a clothesline yeah, for two. Exactly. DDP with a back elbow. I think that's spot 495 in DDP's it's list. Yep. arsenal right there. DDP with a back elbow in the corner. DDP with a corner shoulder thrust. And right here, I hate the roof being as lit up as it is. It's distracting to me during the matches. But that's I just my opinion. Um, DDP misses in the corner. DDP misses a kick, falls down. DDP with a big right. Johnny B. Bad with another kick, and then another kick. And then Bad with a punch and an atomic drop. A few lefts, a big right. Bad starting to build momentum. Bad catches the leg, ducks the clothesline this time. So we learned. Bad asks for a 10, and she gives him a 10-plus, does the Diamond uh, Doll. 10-plus. Bad then with a sit-out powerbomb for two. DDP with an elbow in the corner. A roll up with his feet on the ropes for two. Tilt a world slam by DDP for two. But bad rolls him up for a two. Spinning head scissor by Johnny B. Bad. Bad misses the bad mood, though, as DDP put his knees up. DDP with a gut wrench gut buster for two, which I don't know if that was what the move they were going for. It looked kind of delayed and yeah. iffy. Um, bad goes behind, but Page with an elbow. DDP with a tombstone. Bad reverses it into a tombstone of his own for two. Bad with a big left that sends DDP out to the floor. Johnny B. Bad then with that slingshot splash. The bad move. Bad with a slingshot leg drop for the win. And at this point, the doll looks very shocked. She doesn't know because now she's part of Johnny B. Bad. And then gets in the ring and they hug. Yeah, because this was uh, Kimberly Services was kind of on the line mm-hmm. here. She was, yeah. And Kimberly, after the match, she's not so sure that she wanted that outcome. Yep. It kind of seemed like she just wanted. She didn't really want to leave Dallas. She just wanted, wanted him, him to, to treat, treat her, her better. better. Yep. But now, it's as setting Bobby up. Heenan says, she's yep. got to get a job now. Now, here's the thing, and and we'll talk about it more in, in later matches. But I want to bring it up here: the design. Of the rings, Travis. Uh huh. I was not a fan. What I wasn't a fan of was that they only really wrestle the one on one matches. They only do it in this ring number one. Now, you know, we'll see that they do venture over to the other rings as well, if, but they, they only just go to one here this year. There, there's two problems I have. One is if, if you don't haven't seen the show, which I suggest you go and watch on the WWE Network just for Where the sure humanity. Yes, the sure insanity of the Battle Royal. You have a ring in the upper left. If you're looking like down on it, like you're in the top of the arena. Upper left, upper right, and then center. They're touching corners. Mm-hmm. There's two things I don't like. Number one, put them all in a straight line. Put them mm-hmm. all in a straight line. Why do you have to have it offset? Camera wise, maybe it doesn't work out with the camera. I mean, they've up, done two know. rings side by side, and they've yeah, done two true. ring battle royals side by side because they've done the- well. The whole argument of why you don't do two rings is it cuts down on some of the, the seating, and so if you do another ring side by side, that would probably go it even more. Not saying that this mm-hmm. setup here accomplishes that, like gets more seating, but I don't know. I, I that would just look weird a three in a row yeah. rings. I think that would just look weird. It it reminded me and it it fits perfectly. It reminded me every time they showed it of Mickey Mouse because it has the two ears and the face. 
it just for some reason and we're taping yeah, that's what they were going we're for. taping saturday night at, at mgm yeah so why not but the other thing that bugged me is why the numbering was what it was the one in the center was one then two was upper left and three was upper right yeah why couldn't you just have like one two three why did it, why did the one farther down have to be one and then two and three it because number one was right front and center. Because number one was where Hogan was. It's the hard camera. It's where Hogan was. Oh, yeah. well, that too. That that's. Ho- that's I true. can't be in ring two or three, brother. It's got to be in one. Number one, right in front of the hard cam. I am number one, dude. Yep, that's right. All right, all right. Moving on. Mean Gene in the but, entryway. Well, first before we move on from the match, I thought this match was a good opener. The near falls were were good, and I actually like this one a lot better than their previous opener at Havoc. It was it was a it was a good match. What do you think Meltzer gave that match, Travis? Since you're talking such three praise, stars. you say you say three, do you? Meltzer actually gave it drum roll three and a half, three and a half there for that match. So it was good at least for three and a half. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad match at all. Um, we then see Mean G in the entryway, um, which looked much bigger. It looked huge that entryway. I didn't see it whenever they were coming out, but it had like structures and you know metal just everywhere. Yeah. And compared to what we just saw last week with Survivor Series, which had this little tiny tunnel and this little tiny light truss, it looks much more major league than WWF does. Yeah. I don't know about Major League, but it definitely... It looked like it cost more. It looked like it was more money invested into it. It looked more professional. At the end of the day, they're just coming out of the tunnel. Well, yes. Yes, they are. But at least WWF has that little Survivor Series thing that they were walking out of that they always did in the 90s. To me, the stage is part of the ambiance of the show. I agree. And WCW stole it here. Yeah. Compared to Survivor Series, which, yes, has the tunnel, Mm -hmm. but that's it. They had fans behind that tunnel, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So there was no stage on the Survivor Series show. Mm -hmm. This is an actual stage that feels grand. Yeah. Especially later on when everyone's walking out. Like, it feels big time. Yeah. At least to me, anyways. Uh, Gene then talks about the WF steroid trial, and uh, we read that in our news. Johnny B. Bad then joins me and Gene, and Bad says that that ain't no way to treat a lady and that he's going to teach DDP some respect. Why? You, you didn't win DDP. <laughs> you won the doll. Yeah. Like, so Bad wants doll to think about managing him, says doesn't want an answer tonight. Mm-hmm. But he obviously wanted an answer within 24 hours, as we're going to find obviously, out. yes. Um, Dahl says that the best man won tonight, and she doesn't really know what she's going to do. So, yep. great. We'll then go to our next match, as it will be Big Bubba Rogers taking on Jim Duggan in a taped fist match. Duggan jumps in from behind because he's a big face, and I put, I don't want to watch this. This was an unannounced match. I don't want to watch this. Pay-per-view. Tape fist. Otherwise, Hacksaw tapes his all of his forearms. Yeah, his whole his arm. arm. His he has like time. two casts on his arms. Yeah, basically casts. Duggan attacks Rogers on the floor. Duggan with a big right arm. Duggan uh, is going to hit Rogers with his two-by-four, which the ref stops, but I don't know why. I would assume if it's tape fist, there's no DQ. I would think so, yeah. 
Rodgers with a few rights, but Duggan comes back with three total clotheslines, sends Rodgers out to the floor. They go into another ring, which I think was ring two. Duggan, yep. Yep. Duggan then puts Rodgers' head between the ring posts, which was a creative was nice. spot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Bobby and Tony they they have a little bit of an exchange of uh, Jim Duggan's grandmother apparently was a taped fist champion in Ireland. Remember, that's why he went to Ireland. Yes, yes, we were talking about that. Grandmother, he's finding his taped fist roots. I do remember that. Stupid. That's his grandmother that was there. So she was a tough old lady. Tough old, old, old lady. Yeah. Mrs. Hacksaw. Hacksaw Meemaw. Mamaw Hacksaw. <laughs> yeah. Duggan, uh, Mrs. You know what she walked around with, don't you? What? A one by two. Doug and misses an elbow uh, Big Bubba with a running uppercut And then some punches to the ribs Rogers then stands on Duggan's throat This is such a sloppy mess I wrote Uh, Duggan with some rights But Rogers back with an insiguri Trying to put it over like Owen But it's no no more near as good Rogers with another big right Rogers gets more tape Tacks the ribs Uh, Big shoulder block from Duggan Rogers then goes out to the floor Rogers now tapes Duggan to the top rope. Big Bubba. And that's what uh, Bobby Heenan suggested. Just tape him to the to the top rope. If there's DQ, I would assume there's count out. Mm-hmm. Tape him outside the ring. Yep, that's also a good idea too. Attack him before the match. Just tape him backstage. Then that way none of us have to yep, watch this. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see here. Shoulder block from Duggan. Rogers go out to the floor. Tapes Duggan to the top rope. Rogers with some big rights to Duggan. Uh, big Bubba then runs right into Duggan's fist, which looked awful. He just holds it up and looked he just runs so right bad. into it. Yeah, didn't look great. No. Duggan then backdrops Rogers out to the floor as Duggan gets loose from the tape. Duggan with some rights on the floor. Duggan with a big slam. Duggan then with a three point stance clothesline. But Wall Street gets in. He gets hit with the 2 by 4 though, does uh, Michael Wall Street. But he had a chain, and he throws the chain to Rogers, and he hits Duggan in the head with it, and Duggan can't answer 10 counts, so Big Bubba wins. Mm-hmm. Yawn. DK Wall Street just randomly getting involved, too. There are three guys I really don't want to see feud. Wall Street and the police yeah. getting together here, working together. There's one the PI detective I don't want these Bubba. three. No. This is like 1991 WWF. No. Like, get out of yeah. here. Announcers hype the pay-per-view. Uh, we then get Mean Gene with Ric Flair. And uh, I put, why are Sting and Flair fighting again? We just saw them fight a few weeks ago on Nitro, and Sting won clean. Why are we doing it again? That is a good point. Yep. But yep. I don't really know why they're doing it again. No. No. They haven't really even interacted the past couple of nitros since that match. Right. So it's like, what are we doing There's here? still stuff to be settled. This is not a great Ric Flair promo. No. No. Flair says the battle royal is all part of his master plan. How? You had nothing to do with this. It's all a part of his you, plan. You weren't a part of the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> you didn't come out at Halloween Havoc. You didn't sign Hogan's contract. You None of this is you you're doing, Rick. No. But he does have all three of his enemies, or three of, you'd say, the faces of Sting, Luger, or Sting, Savage, and Hogan in the same place at the same time. Yay. I don't know what plan that was, but... That's not a plan. And it wasn't his exact plan, but... The three people who don't like you are all going to be in the ring to fight you. They're all going to be in the same place at one time. How is that a plan? So is the horseman. 
There's four of us and three of you. Exactly. Yeah. We get our next match. Is it Suzuki, Kitty Suzuki and Ozaki versus Bull Nakano and Hokuto. 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 Tanae is joining the commentary team for this. And I've put at this point that both uh, Azuki and Hokuto were on the Survivor Series teams. That is wrong. They were not. None of these ladies were on WWF TV. <clears throat> One of them looked kind of similar, but maybe not. I don't know. I looked it up. According to cagematch.net, which I I trust, um, none of these ladies were on the WWF shows. Those were. I know Bull Nakano wasn't. Nope. I know she wasn't. I, I did my research. None of the other four were either. So you have eight Japanese ladies. Well, I guess seven because Alundra Blaze. But eight. No, we had 12. No, yes, 12. Math. Good. <laughs> 12 Japanese ladies on two pay-per-views. And spoiler alert, one, two, two Monday night shows? Or was there a match last? There wasn't a, a women's match last week on WWF. I don't think so. So... You're getting four matches within two weeks of of mm-hmm. women's revolution, Travis. Yep, the Japanese women are coming over here and taking over, and they're starting the the women's revolution. Spoiler alert! Guess what? What? None of the Japanese women are on the WCW versus Japanese pay per view, even though someone no. who would be on WCW to fight them is joining the company in the next week or two. No. They're not on Starcade. No. So what is, is this just to show Vince anything you can do, we can do it too? Yep, absolutely. Or was it to show a certain someone, this is who you're going to wrestle? Because we're we're two weeks away from that happening. Yeah. That could be, could be some motivations. I don't know how soon they, the two sides talked to each other, but I, I... it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility of that Bischoff say, hey, you can do this, we can do this better. I think I think their contract was up the 1st of December. So this would be the 29th, 27th, 27th. Mm-hmm. So they had to be in talks because, like I said, we're two Probably. weeks away from debuting. Yeah. So I think I think that could be a little bit of a motivation. But. That's true. And uh, Mike Tanay joins the broadcast, Thank like you, you Mike. say. And uh, yes, because he gives some good insight, like JR tried to on Survivor Series, of the background of each of these four ladies. And yes. he does a pretty good job a job of doing so, trying to put over each individually. You know, yep. we know that Aja Kong got put over huge on Survivor Series. Yep. And not only does Bull Nakano get put over strong, but the other ladies as mm-hmm. well. And uh, Bobby Heenan doesn't know Mike's name. No. It's Mike, that, right? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, heels attack, double team by Nakano and Hokuto. Uh, Nakano with a big hair whip, followed by a second. Uh, Hokuto tags in with an elbow to the back, double team biting from the heels. Nakano keeps biting. Kyuji Suzuki comes in, but Nakano keeps holding on to uh, Osaki. Uh, Hokuto sends Osaki to the ground. Nakano w- with a splash for two after Suzuki breaks up the pin. The heels are in total control at this point. Ozaki comes back with a DDT, tags in Suzuki, drop kick by Suzuki for two. Nakano coming in, but uh, instead we see a double half crab by both uh, the faces. Suzuki with a few kicks to the knee. Suzuki with a big backdrop on the leg, another half crab. Nakano, though, pulls Suzuki off. Nakano moves and hits a powerbomb on Suzuki. 
Nakano, though, misses the moonsault and a pair of double foot stomps make it four. That is a penalty, Travis. Uh, double foot stomps make it four, but it only gets a two. So it was two foot stomps from both uh, Osaki and Cutie Suzuki, um, but it only gets a two. Nakano then with a double suplex to the two, um, but Hokuto misses the splash. Nakano breaks up a double suplex. Hokuto with a double cross body block, a double hurricane rana for two. Osaki and Suzuki up top and get double clotheslines. Osaki with a half Nelson suplex for two, which looked very nice. Hokuto with a big German suplex looked good again. Nakano, big clothesline for two. Um, Nakano misses the double clothesline, but Hokuto with a double clothesline of her own. Hokuto then with a flip splash from the top out to the floor looked very nice. Very nice. Nakano with a doomsday device for a two after Suzuki makes a save. Nakano then goes up top and hits the big diving leg drop for the win. Decent match from these four. There were times where it felt a little clustery-ish. Um, yeah. Where there wasn't a lot of tagging in and out. Yeah. Again, these Japanese women have difficulty with getting in to the ring before tags mm-hmm. are made. And then they have to awkwardly as they pass each other or yep. they're already in the ring already. And so that's I can't stand that. But yes. is that something? Is that something like Japanese? I don't they, know. They're not big tag team wrestlers, or I don't know. They have different rules or whatever. You would you would think that all the rules would be the same. What do you think? Like I said, it was a decent match from these four. Um, for my first time seeing all four of them, Travis. First of all, what do you think Meltzer gave Big Bubba versus Jim Duggan? That classic tape fist match. What do you think Meltzer gave it? Minus one. Half a star. Ah. Now, what do you think he gave the Japanese tag match? Oh, three and a half stars. Four stars. Four stars. Four. That was a four-star oh match you saw. Guess oh what? My. Spoiler, match of the night. Oh, my God. No match gets more than that as far as stars go. He's not <sighs> biased, Travis. No, not He's not biased. All. Not no. at all. Gene then with another hotline promo, and we get Luger and Jimmy Hart joining Gene. Luger, I put Luger looks so gross. He's so jacked. He just so he, jacked, he so looks old. unnatural. Um, Luger then went for a five from Jimmy Hart, but Jimmy Hart just leaves him <laughs> he hanging. Left him hanging. It was yes. funny. And then if that. you look at Luger when he's doing his promo, you his eyes are down and he yeah. is reading. Yeah, I he noticed that too. Reading one thousand like, percent. Yes. One thousand. He's he's like looking off screen, yes. and it's yes, yeah. I did notice that, and it was a nothing promo again. Yeah, not really. What I <laughs> the point of these promos, I still haven't figured out because they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Is, is it to kill time? Are we that short on time that we need? Yeah, probably so. Luger to come out and read his script. Yeah. He might as well, you know, they might as well just had a giant cue card that they were holding <laughs> yeah. up at the bottom of the screen. Right. I'm sure that's what they were doing. Oh, I was hope I, I next time I want him to actually come out with the script in his hand and read it from there. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we then go on to our next match as it's Chris Benoit versus Sasaki uh, with Ono for the U.S. title. And remember, these two faced on Nitro in a not great match that Chris Benoit won. About that. Yeah, because remember we were talking about why are they burying Sasaki, especially mm-hmm. right before he has a Sting U.S. title match. Guess what? He won the Sting U.S. title match. Now he's going to face Benoit, who beat him. So it kind of makes sense in a long about way. Yeah. But I still wish Sasaki would have won the first match to kind of give him a little bit of credibility. Yeah, to get that win before the U.S. title win. Yep. But then I guess he'd have no one to face at World War III. Mm-hmm. Two tie-up, and Benoit with a 
uh, chop in the corner. Sasaki comes back with a few chops in the corner of his own. Benoit then goes behind with a waist lock. Benoit with a drop toe holding an armbar. Benoit with a hammer lock. Sasaki with a backdrop. Uh, we then get a test of strength, and we cut to the crowd for a very long time. Crowd shot forever. We missed action in the ring. Uh, Benoit bridges up, powers back up, does Benoit. Benoit in control with the arms wrapped up. Sasaki, though, powers out, starts kicking Benoit. Sasaki with a big slam, make it two for a one count. Sasaki with a headlock. Sasaki with a shoulder block, but Sasaki with an overhand head slam as well. Benoit with a body scissors. Benoit then with a suicide dive out to the floor. Ooh, bad wording. Sorry. Yeah, uh, bad wording there, and sorry. he almost takes his head off with a uh, yeah. and the, on the guardrail too. I didn't think about that when I was Near writing. Dangerous. Sorry, it, it was a dangerous. It, he did almost hit the railing, and that's that's why I think that little nook because that was the nook of the fans coming it forward. Was, yep. You got to get rid of that. You got to just have that straight. You can't have it jut in like that. Mm-hmm. Someone will get Something hurt. Something like that. Yep. Uh, Benoit sends him back in the ring. A suplex by Benoit for one. Benoit with a snap mare. Figure four neck lock. Sasaki with a power slam for two. Uh, Sonny Ono now is on commentary. Um, they said something about Starcade, but we don't hear anything else besides that, really. Um, Sasaki with a suplex, but Benoit with a few Germans. Um, Sasaki, though, comes out and hits a big clothesline. Why? Because he's Japanese, and he must work Japanese strong style. That's right. Sasaki gets countered, and Benoit hits a tombstone. Just a tombstone and a diving headbutt for two. Benoit with another uh, few chops. That's the second tombstone of the night, by the way. Just pointing out. Mm-hmm. You're yep. killing the tombstone here. Benoit with a top rope Hurricane Rana for a two. Benoit with some kicks, but Sasaki hits a power bomb and a submission, but Benoit got to the ropes. Benoit then with a clothesline, but Sasaki hits one of his own and hits, I believe it's the Emerald Flosion for the win. I didn't quite know, and the, the announcers... Emerald Flosion. The announcers really didn't help... Uh, Wow. Say what the move no, was. Of course not. So I don't know. It was basically he picked him up and dropped him on his head. He did for the win. Yeah, he's really spiked him. What do you think Meltzer gave that one? Half Japanese. So yeah, I know. Yeah, it's easily three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Yep. Good job on the dot, Travis. Yep, right on the dot. You figure in the work weight with Benoit and the Japanese superstar. So yeah. That match went the went less than the Big Bubba Jim Duggan match. Of course it did by eight seconds. So that oh, that could well, be an much. error. Yeah, but but still, of course still, it did. Of course it did. Uh, mean Jeans then with Sullivan the Giant and Jimmy Hart. Sullivan says that the Dungeon of Doom will take no prisoners. The Dungeon will prevail. Giant says it's going to be Hogan and him. Giant then does an awful rhyme, and Giant just yells to end the promo again. I think. Uh, Gene says that your father wouldn't be too happy yes. with you right now. Yes. <laughs> Stop it, Gene. Yeah. Stop it. Stop. Just just cut it. Cut your losses at this point with that. Uh, Tony and Bobby preview Starcade. Starcade will be on a Wednesday night. Why is it on a Wednesday? Wednesday night, but the graphics is Sunday. Sunday. Yes. But Tony says Wednesday. But I think Sunday is Christmas Eve. So I think that's why it's on Wednesday. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's either. weird. Um, so I got to do some math and figure out where exactly that show is going to go because mm-hmm. it uh, messes weird. all of us up. <laughs> Bobby then talks about Sullivan ending Hogan. We then get a video package of Luger versus Savage. We then go to Savage with Gene for his second promo of the night. Nothing major Savage. said, just that Luger and Savage have a date with Destiny. Oh no, something major. Oh, I'm sorry, was I didn't think so. That. Savage says his arm is a million percent. 
Oh, That's yeah. better than 100%. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thank you, Savage. His arm is a million percent. It can't be a million percent. It can only be 100. Nope, he's ready. It's a million percent. It's a million. One of Savage's many quotes. I, I love that guy. So we get our next match of Luger versus Savage. Savage being held back in the ring, but he attacks Luger as Luger comes in. Heenan does point out the the big bandage. He does have a big bandage on his arm. On yep. his arm, so he doesn't know what's up with that if he's not hurt. Savage choking Luger. Luger sent into the corner, whipped into the other corner. Luger puts the boot up, though, and Savage hits a clothesline. Savage then with a Boston Crab. Luger's sounds. Oh. Ah. <laughs> is out of control. Ah. <laughs> out of control. Luger gets to the rope uh, while he's in the crab, so Savage must break. Savage and Luger then battle on the apron. Uh, Savage then sends Luger into the railing. Savage kicks Luger. Savage with a big slam. Uh, Jimmy Hart's now up on the apron, but Savage hits the diving elbow, but Hart's distracting the referee, so no pin for Savage. Mm-hmm. Luger then gets sent out through uh, the ropes to the floor. Savage then sends Luger into the railing. Luger, though, reverses Savage. Luger then racks Savage out on the floor to try and get the count-out win. Uh, Luger rolls back into the ring. Uh, Savage comes in, and Luger puts on an arm bar and gets the win. Luger, though, won't let go of the arm. So Sting runs out and gets in Luger's face. The two men talk, and Luger lets go and leaves the ring with Sting. Yep. So little, flip it from Nitro. Yep, little callback there of Luger talking to Sting, letting go Flair, and now we see the roles are reversed here. Not worth it. What was? What do you give that match? It was a quick match. 528. Yeah, super quick. So we'll get one. One and a quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would give that a dud myself. There was nothing to that match, but I guess uh, Savage. Just to hurt Savage more on the And he did get the visual pinfall from the elbow. So We then get video hype for Sting and Flair. So now we go to that match. Sting versus Flair. Flair's out in purple. Sting is in white and yellow. Uh, Sting and Flair have a face-to-face with Flair talking to Sting. Sting leaves the ring ring one and enters ring two. Sting then follows Flair to ring two. Sting with a punch, big press slam. Uh, Flair, though, pokes the eyes. Flair with a punch to the gut and a right to the face. Flair with a big chop, but it doesn't do anything. Another big chop and a strut, but Sting back up with a clothesline and a 10-punch in the corner. Sting with a hip toss and a drop kick, and Flair then gets out of the ring and runs like a madman to ring number three. We then see Sherry and Parker coming out, oh, yes, standing in the aisleway. Yeah, oh, yeah. Flair with, a, Flair with a chop while we see Parker and Sherry kissing in the aisle, because if you're going to do that, you got to do it during Flair yeah, and Sting. That's yes. the only match that this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Jeez. Maybe have the tag champions on the show, and you could do it then. How about, how about or that? Or how about not have them on at all? How about put them in the Battle Royal, and they can kiss their way out of the Battle Royal? There you go. Because there's enough stuff going on, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. They could have been in the Battle Royal, and I just missed them. Yeah. Sting comes back with chops, kicks, and punches. Sting uh, clotheslines Flair to the floor. Flair then walks up the aisle, but slowly walks back. Flair and Sting then lock up, and Flair and control the arm with some chops, but Sting counters with a press slam. Bobby predicts the future, saying that things are going to change in WCW in 1996. He couldn't be more accurate with that yeah, description. Spot on. Uh, Sting misses a stinger splash on the railing. I have seen him go for this at least three times. He has it never, never made it. it Quit works. doing it, Sting. Flair with a chair. Don't know why, but the ref stops him from using it. Sting then gets set into the railing. 
Flare rakes, it stings eyes. Flare with a chop, but again, it gets Sting back up. Sting grabs him around the throat, but Flare hits a low blow on Sting. Flare then with a kick to the ribs while Parker and Sherry are shown watching the match from Gene's stand up there by the uh, entryway. Flare sends Sting into the corner. Flare then with a stomp to the head. Flare drops the knee on Sting. Flare then stalking Sting, and he hits him in the back of the leg, so Flare's starting to work over the leg. Um, Flare with another knee to the knee. Kick to the knee, excuse me. Flare's strutting around the ring again. Sting gets thrown over the top rope. Why wasn't that a disqualification? Different rules. Oh, sorry. Different every, person in charge. Every not every match is a battle royal tonight because that's all. No. Flair tells someone in the crowd to shut up. Um, shut up. I think at one point he also made a thrusting motion to someone in the he crowd as well. Did. Uh, Flair on the floor with Sting. Flair in the ring. In the Marriott. You can see breezes. Flair in a ring. Uh, in ring number three now with the chop block to He's Sting. He's running out of rings. <sighs> I said that earlier. They want like six rings, and Flair's just going to run between all of them. <laughs> He's running out of them. Flair with a face rake. Flair with a back suplex. Flair with a figure four in the middle of the ring. Uh, thanks. Now you got me picturing Ric Flair at the Performance <laughs> Center with all their there rings they have, yep. and he's just running around each one. <laughs> yep, there Thank you. Go. Come on. Come on, Sting. Come on, Come on Sting. Come get me. Uh, Flair punches the knee, and he starts slapping Sting, but Sting hulks up. I wouldn't up. do that, and nope. so the announcers don't think that's a wise move either. Nope. Why would you Why would you do that? <laughs> you could say him trying to get more... Uh, I don't know what you call it, more punishment on mm-hmm. the knee with punching, and they and the announcers say that he, they've never seen it before Flair do that. But then why would you slap him? Because yeah. that just wakes him up. And Sting hulks up, and he turns it over, but uh, Flair releases the hold. Sting blocks a hip toss into a backslide for two. Nick Patrick then pushes Flair. So, God. your favorite ref. My favorite ref. Sting no-sells the chop, though. Flair with another chop, but Sting no-sells it. So what does Flair do? He runs into ring number one. <laughs> Sting, I'm glad someone did it, though. I'm yeah. glad that in one of these one-on-one matches, we had someone go from ring to ring to ring to ring to ring. Because if you have the three rings there, why not use them? Big Bubba and Duggan. They only did it once. <laughs> they did. Uh, Sting <laughs> with a whip and a press slam and two closed lines, but Flair again pokes the eye. Flair goes up top, but Sting stops him and throws Flair off the top. Flair with a corner bump, Sting with a clothesline, Sting with punches in the corner, but Flair tries an atomic drop, but Sting counters. Sting and Flair up top, and Sting hits a superplex. Sting then put on the scorpion, and Flair gives up just like that. Sting gets the win. Flair looks like a jobber, losing to Sting in two straight matches. Eh, when was the last so. time we saw Ric Flair win a match? Man, I know. The cage true. match versus Arn? That was in September. It's true. We're in November. Flair's got to get a win at some point. It's true. Spoiler, it's coming. I think that... It's coming. It's a little harsh to say uh, jobber. Okay, jobber's a little... But he gave up. He gave up. He didn't Two straight out. matches he's given up against Sting. Because he's a heel. He's got to give up. He's a weak... I would rather have a roll-up. Nope. <sighs> Sting, nope. Nope. And right. if you've seen a Sting and Flair match, this is you've seen all the spots in it before. This one was not good. I, I think, thought it was all right. It I wasn't think, one of their best. I think Flair was stuck in second gear because he knew he immediately had to turn around and be in the Battle Royal. I don't well, think yeah. he wanted to get above second gear. Well, yeah, he's got to save himself, pace himself. What did? Uh, what do you think Meltzer gave that one? Three stars. Three and three quarters. Three, three and three quarters. quarters. Yes. Right. So then the announcers hype the Battle Royal, 
And they talk about Savage, Sting, and Duggan and everyone who wrestled earlier being at a disadvantage. And Bobby Heenan predicts that no one who wrestled earlier in the night will win the title. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole night, Bobby was trying to sell the, the Battle Royal. And I think it was in the Sting and Flair match because I put some random notes somewhere. So I don't really know where this goes. But it was saying that the, the winner of a Battle Royal used to get thousands of dollars. And someone was going to walk out tonight the World Heavyweight Champion. And that's worth millions of dollars. And mm-hmm. so you've seen what people will do for thousands. What are they going right. to do for millions? I remember him, him saying that. We then go and to. He's always like, "Well, what about tomorrow night on Nitro? Oh, Nitro? What's, I don't know. It's going to happen uh, tomorrow night. I, I may not have a voice. I don't know, Bobby. <laughs> he was always trying to sell Nitro on uh, pay per views, though. We get video hype for World War Three Battle Royal. The two giants are, or the three giants are Yeti, Giant, and Hogan, like we said. I hope that that Yeti really makes it makes it work and pay off, um, being one of the giants. Oh yeah. Uh, Hogan now is up with Gene for his second promo of the night. Fee fi fo fum. He smells the stench of the dirty, <laughs> stinky, him stinky giant. Giant. What the fuck? Hogan says it's every man for himself, and it's the most dangerous match in WCW history. More dangerous. Than the electric chair that got uh, Abdullah. Yep. More dangerous than the scaffold fold matches. Mm-hmm. More, more dangerous, dangerous than, than war, war games. games. More dangerous than the barbed wire cage matches they used to have. More dangerous than bunkhouse stampedes. And more dangerous than the king of the road. Mm-hmm. Mm. This match. Yep. This battle royal. Yep. <sighs> Absolutely. You know what the good brothers say about battle royals, don't you? What's that? Walk and punch. <laughs> you walk around and you punch. Yep. And then you walk around and you punch. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of walking and we punching do. in this match. We do. Uh, Hogan says that Hulkamania is the greatest force in wrestling. Hogan wants to corner the giant himself and that Hogan loves the Hulkamaniacs. He does. And then Hogan runs backstage because he has to be the last one out for entries. Of course. All right. Are you ready for the Battle Royal? Mm-hmm. So Bobby and Tony have the WCW title at ringside. They're at ring one. At ring two is Bischoff and the Dream. And Dusty goes, says the winner will go down in infinite, infamy, if you will. Dusty says, you might see an underdog win the gold tonight. So we go to ring three, and it's Chris Cruz and Larry Zabisco. <sighs> Why? Why couldn't it be Tanay and Zabisco? Yeah. Right? That makes more sense. Right, but I don't know how much play-by-play experience. You don't need to have has. any. I You're know. cutting to these guys for 30 seconds. Yeah. Chris Cruz, where have I heard that name before? You're confusing him with Chris Cross. Because he'll make you a jump, jump. No. No? Chris Cruz. I've heard that name before. Well. His voice kind of sounded familiar a little bit, too. I don't know. Has he had any WCW experience? or I know he was. Why did they pull Chris Cruz in? Um, well, I know you heard from him recently um, as he talked. He, he basically... Um, He's gotten in trouble recently. Um, Chris Cruz, this fine gentleman? Yes, he was fined. Um, former WCW announcer gloats his AEW fined $10,000 for bloody match. The former announcer Chris Cruz. That's this Chris Cruz? That's that Chris Cruz, yep. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. So that's where I've heard That's where you've heard from him. Mm-hmm. Really? He also did the... Um, well, bleep that guy. <laughs> he was on WCW Prime. Um, 
he also did the um what was it called the triple a show um when worlds collide i believe he him and Tanay announced on that hmm. he also did uh traditional championship wrestling in 2012 mcw resurrection as well in 2006 um that's really all i can find on him is his mdb page so um let me check one more place and then we'll we'll move on from this this guy this yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, Chris Cruz, his announcing, or him, uh, himself. Oh, yeah, especially if he's yep. that guy that tried to get AEW in trouble. Oh, yeah, who gloated about them getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, he was... Um, here we go. Maybe I can find it here. Uh, this is good audio. It's a great podcast. I know. Uh, no, he's just a just a commentator. Uh, is all I'm seeing. But yes, he he was the one who talked about how AEW won't succeed. Um, as well, uh, he says on AEW, AEW has millions of dollars from the son of a billionaire and is not setting the world on fire and will not succeed. May last a long time, but will never be profitable. Someone once said, if you want to be a millionaire, start with a billion dollars and buy an airline. It's the same thing with a pro wrestling organization. It's just going to bleed you dry. Not everything is guaranteed to last forever. It's my conviction that wrestling has seen better days. Yeah, bleep that guy. Yeah. Yep. He is on Twitter, followed by John Cena. Well, that is great. (laughs) That's something that I didn't... If this is really him... Yeah, Justice at Crispy Cruiser, and it kind of looks legit. He's responded to some posts that says it's him. He, he put this, and he's got no avatar on his Twitter. He okay, then maybe he updated, but yes, um, he had this tweet. Uh, it says, "Hey Rubes, AEW was fined ten thousand dollars by the Maryland State Athletic Commission. I'll provide more later, including a copy of the consent agreement. Now go away. Stop bothering me with your existence. Also, the new Facebook look. WTF." Um, so yeah, he basically, and Conrad Thompson basically says Chris Cruz sucks. So I agree with Conrad. <laughs> That's all you need I to agree. know. This, this is all you need to know. We've already talked about him too long. Too long. So let's yeah. Move let's move on, on from, from this, this idiot. Jobber. All right. Announcer. Here we go. Uh, he does say that the giant Yeti and Savage are all going to be in the same ring and I don't think they were. So <laughs> no. good job. Here we go. Are you ready for the combatants? I have them all written down. Are you ready? Wow, good for you. I know. I deposit multiple times. <laughs> sure. Arn Anderson, Alex Wright, Brian Nobbs, um, Ricky from the Barrio Brothers, uh, Taylor, Dave Taylor, Scott Armstrong, Sting, Joey Mags, Pistol Pez Watley, Disco Inferno, Ming, Stevie Ray, Mark Starr, Sergeant James Earl Wright, Lex Luger, Eddie Guerrero, Cobra, Giant, Paul Orndorff, Chris Canyon, Bobby Walker, uh, Bobby Eaton, Chris Benoit, Randy Savage, Buff Bagwell, The Yeti, Kurosawa, Hugh Morris, Zodiac, Wall Street, DDP, Scott Norton, Brian Pillman, Sergeant Craig Pittman, One Man Gang, Super Assassin 2, Mr. JL, Bunkhouse Buck, Kensuke Sasaki, Winter, I don't know who, Mark Winter, Winter yeah. Mark Winter, Shark, uh, Steve Armstrong, Hawk, DS. I don't know who DS is. DS. 
DS. Um, D- Dave Sullivan. Dave Sullivan. Yeah, that's him. Scotty Riggs. Johnny B. Bad. Uh, Bart. That it would be uh, your favorite who we've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. Black Bart or whatever. whatever Hillbilly he Bart. Or... Keenan calls him the janitor. <laughs> he does. Which I found hilarious myself. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Continuing uh, after Bart. Regal, Slater, Max Muscle, uh, Super Assassin number one, uh, Fidel from the Barrio Brothers, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Sags, Duggan, Booker T, Big Bubba, Flair, and Hogan. Yep. And everyone is in different rings. They're all just. And I wish we would have had an intro per ring. Yeah. Because we don't know. Because we don't know who's going where. They just all come out at once. There's no separation between these guys. Exactly. And I wish it would have been like, in ring one, you have blah, 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 blah. Ring two, blah, blah, blah. would have been good to do. You know why they couldn't do that, don't you? Why? Because Hogan was in ring one, and Hogan wanted to come out last. Just intro ring one last. Well, that makes no sense. Go from three, two, one. Three, two, one. No, that makes no sense. Problem solved. And everyone just standing in the ring is funny. Like they're all just standing there, ready to go. Right. But Buffer has to do his elimination. And if you watch Buffer do this intro, William Regal steals the yeah, show with his facials. Yeah, he does. He's he looks worried. like he doesn't want to be there. He's paranoid, <laughs> looking behind him, and his facial expressions are pretty gold. I totally lost what Buffer was saying mm-hmm. because I was so focused in on Regal. And I wish though that Buffer would announce it all sixty men. Because yeah. I want to hear all the different names. I want to hear all the different names he'd have for that'll these guys. It'll be a little bit extra. <laughs> I mean, down now, it would have been great. The greatest battle royal in the history of pro wrestling. I could see Buffer watching a lot of battle and, royals. Uh, so you know a that. quarter of a million pounds are in the three rings. I believe quarter it. of a million. I believe it. Okay. Maybe not. I don't know. It seems like a lot. I mean, one man gang and the giant, they're both <laughs> like 300 some pounds That's together. Yeah. Hogan's 325. If you listen to him. And the Yeti. The Yeti. Yeah. So maybe. So Pyro goes off, and we are underway. And I put, this is crazy. Like, you can't see anything. Right. A lot it's of chaos. Chaos. Everything going on. And then the rules. St- okay, we'll get into this. Uh, Hogan is pounding on someone. The Yeti is the first person eliminated. Thanks for coming, Yeti. Who is not yeah. dressed like a mummy anymore. No. Now he's, like, like from Mortal samurai. Kombat. Yeah. Samurai. Yep. Uh, Dusty then starts talking about clubbering and how you're going to have to clubber There's someone. There's a lot of clubbering. Yep. I had a mini markout moment when Hogan and Hawk fought because we never got that. And I'm like, that would be an awesome right. yeah, clash. That. But that, uh, this is the only time we'll get it. People are getting eliminated, I think, but I can't tell what's going on. Flair and Hogan and them fighting on the floor. I don't know if they're eliminated or are they just out on the floor. The bottom rope. Mike Winter is eliminated. I know that. Um, somewhere along the way, I put in my notes, I lost an Armstrong. So I think I think one of the Armstrongs got eliminated. I lost an Armstrong. <laughs> Hogan being triple teamed. Zodiac's beating on Savage. This is stupid. And then I put, why isn't Dean Malenko in this? Yeah. We talked about at? this off air. Well, yeah, where is he at? I did my research, Travis. He's in Japan <sighs> taking part in New Japan's Battle Final 95 uh, along the way. On this night in particular, he beat Yuji Nagata. He gotta work those Japanese dates. I, I believe that this was part of like the Super Junior tournament. Yeah. That makes so sense. and he won the only match he lost to, he lost two single matches. That's to, to the 
to Ozami Kido and Jushin Thunder Liger, but he won the rest of his one-on-one matches. So there you go, including Otani, who we will see at some point. He was able to beat him as well. We will not see Dean Malenko back on WCW TV until December 18th. Mm. So, yeah, long time without uh, Mr. Malenko. Yep. However, his final night in New Japan, are you ready for this? He loses to Saito and Sabu, who beat Malenko and Wild Pegasus. Mm. I don't picture Sabu being in New Japan. Right. The night before that, it was Black Cat and El Mexicano beating Malenko and Sabu. So. That'd be crazy. Yeah, what a weird. Okay, so that's why Malenko's not here. He's in Japan. Mark Starr is eliminated by Bryant Knobs. State Patrol is eliminated. Orndorff is out, but I don't think he's eliminated. I think he went under the bottom rope. Cobra is eliminated. I then put, why is Nick Patrick in the ring? <laughs> he's in the ring. I don't know why. Uh, I then put, I don't know if I can take notes on this. Right. I don't know. A lot to go on. Uh, I know that Giant and Ming are randomly fighting. Yep. The Dungeon of Doom is imploding. It's imploding right here in front of us. And no one cares. <laughs> no one. Not a soul cares. No one. I, I was looking to see if, if somewhere else had the eliminations, but they don't. So I'm just going to keep going here. Um, Bart is eliminated. Arn and Luger fight on the floor. Super Assassin, I believe one is eliminated. Max Muscle is eliminated. Eddie Guerrero with a sleeper on the giant. Hogan is in trouble, almost eliminated. A Barrio brother is eliminated, as is Stevie Ray and Brian Knobs. Sting then jumps at the giant. Alex Wright is eliminated. Scotty Riggs is eliminated. Ring two is down to 10, so they all go into ring one. So now ring one, even though it's not down to 10, it's now got like 23 people in it. Yeah. <sighs> Eaton and Slater are eliminated. The Giants choking out Regal. Luger and Arn still fighting on the floor. Wall Street is eliminated. Norton's eliminated. There's a stretcher out there for someone. You say Scott Norton is eliminated. Yes. Chris Cruz apparently thinks this is a big deal because this was funny. He, Norton is out. Norton is out. Yeah, he is. He thought that was a big he deal. Is. It happened right next to him, but he thought that was a huge deal to yell, yell this. That there, was funny. There's a stretcher for someone. We don't find out at this point who, but Not there's yet. a stretcher for someone. Ring three now moves to ring one, so we have all 30 men in ring one. DDP and Savage. Yes, score my off next for a note. Savage and DDP with a preview of their feud in two years. Yeah, they can yep. be some good matches. Yep. Uh, Savage goes right after Luger. One man gang and the Dungeon of Doom attack Hogan. Arn and Meng work together. Pittman has his code red submission on someone, yep. which is dumb to yep, do in a battle royal. Yeah, that'll get it done. Yep. Joey Mags is eliminated. Pillman now on Hogan. Luger and Savage still fighting on the floor. Duggan with a taped fist to eliminate Big Bubba. Scott Armstrong, we find out, is the one who's getting stretchered out. Uh, Duggan then gets eliminated by Rogers, even though he eliminated Rogers. Rogers pulled him through the floor. All while this this poor guy who's who's trying to get stretchered out, and they got to do the spot in front of him. I believe it is. Uh, Yeah, I thought it might Uh, be. Joey Maggs is injured on the floor as well. Uh, Disco's eliminated. Uh, Dave Taylor is eliminated. Eddie's perched up on the top rope, and he hits Arn with a cross body, I believe. Hugh Morris then goes after both uh, One Man Gang and the Giant because the Dungeon of Doom's for life, brother. Um, Booker T and Sags are eliminated. Savage is fighting Luger in the other ring, which is a f- awesome strategy. Yeah. I'm going to find one person going to go in the other ring. You can't eliminate me if I'm not in the correct ring. Yeah, and Savage wants a piece of Luger. 
Sullivan Still. is eliminated. Regal's eliminated. DDP is choking bad with tape. Uh, DDP and bad both eliminate each other. Pitbull eliminates himself basically as he missed a uh, dive at someone and dove through the ropes like head first because it's Craig Pittman and he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, Benoit's eliminated. Hogan's in trouble again. Kurosawa is eliminated. Ming's eliminated. Sting pounding on Flair in the corner. Savage and Luger are still there doing their thing. Zodiac's eliminated. Hugh Morris is eliminated. Pillman is eliminated. Hawk is eliminated. Sasaki is eliminated. Sting with a stinger splash to Eddie Guerrero after the giant moved, and it almost eliminated Eddie, but he's able to hang on. Paul Orndorff is eliminated, so we are left at this point with Flair, Arn, Eddie, Savage, Hogan, Giant, One Man Gang, Sting, Luger as well. That's kind of where we're at at this point. So at this point, that's who we are left with. Eddie's able to save himself from going eliminated. He goes up top, hits a drop kick. Flair with a figure four on Eddie, which, again, why? Royal. Why in a battle royal? <laughs> oh, and how about Eddie? Oh, yeah. Look good. All of these superstars, and he's in here with some heavy hitters now. Everyone besides one main gang and Arn, technically an Eddie, world champ at some point or another. Yeah, so, so Eddie has done a great job and all these stacked people, and he's still in. However, mm-hmm. it really makes me want that Eddie Flair match that we didn't get yeah. last week on Nitro. Yep, that's true. It would have made sense that they had a match on Nitro, and then at the mm-hmm. Battle Royal, they crossed paths yep. again. Mm-hmm. Giant Slam Savage, uh, Anderson with a spine buster to Guerrero, and Guerrero is finally eliminated. Sting with splashes to Flair and Arn. Giant with a choke slam to Savage. Flair gets eliminated, as does Arn. Luger and Savage then work together on the Giant, so you have a moment where Luger and Savage work together um, on Giant. Hogan helps and dumps, or excuse me, that's Sting and Luger, yes. Uh, Hogan comes over and dumps Giant, Sting, and Luger out. One-man gang is eliminated at the same time as Hogan gets pulled under the ring, and Savage is declared the winner. Now, Hogan slams the Giant on the floor, but Hogan says that he didn't go over the top, but the ref missed it, so Hogan's trying to plead his case. But the ref says, no, Savage is the winner. Gene then comes in ring. Uh, Hogan, once again, is making this about him. He's grabbing Gene. He's motioning to the fans. Um, Savage is talking about there being a dark cloud over him. Um, Hogan says that Savage and Sting and him were on the same team, but he's mad that Savage won. The two shake hands and embrace, and I put it's a weird end to the pay-per-view. It is what it is. It is what so it I is. I have to look yeah. at the videotape. Uh-huh. I have to look at the videotape, yeah. yeah. I have to look at the film. you telling me there's a black cloud of controversy over my title week? Yeah, this, this ending was dumb. Since day one, I told you I wanted to be WCW Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Dumb. It was. I know the whole match was chaotic and the rules of having ten guys yep. go out of the ring and then join in the other and... This ending made it worse. Is, like it just came out of nowhere, and is, Hogan is, has a legitimate gripe. And I don't know if the fans they were booing. I don't know if they were booing that they wanted Hogan to win, or they were booing that Hogan was throwing kind of a hissy fit. And and stuff. I was going to say, is this Hogan again making it all about Hogan? It certainly looks that way. Yeah. Can he not be eliminated from a battle royal? Apparently not. Like clean. Because guess what? Spoiler alert. It doesn't lead to a Savage Hogan match. That's where it could have... There is no Savage Hogan match. Would have been great to put on Starcade, right? It made sense. No. Makes perfect sense. Hogan is going to go away. And when he comes back, spoiler, Savage is not champ. 
Mm-hmm. And it's dropped. Yep, it's never spoken of again. <laughs> I feel bad for Randy. Oh, yeah. This is his moment. Yeah. Like I said, his title run is not that long. No. And it's not a good title run. We're two days no. in, and it's already... Well, I, I was thinking about this outcome of, like, WCW has kind of booked themselves in, into a corner here of Hogan's running out of dates on his yep. contract. Yep. And why would... You can't really put it on anyone else, I, I don't think. Maybe you could put it on Flair, but then mm. that doesn't really make, make sense, like, right the, now. But then... You need like maybe a baby face to win the first ever biggest battle royal if you want to make this uh, an annual tradition. Maybe you want to see it that way. And Savage is legit hurt. So why would you put on a title on a guy that's legit hurt? Here's the solution. You leave it on the I giant. I guess you could leave it on the giant, yeah. And you don't you have Hogan <gasps> lose clean at Halloween Havoc. And then you could have the rematch here tonight. Dig that and Hogan gets jig- Hogan gets cheated out of it. I'll dig that creative. Brother. Hogan and the Giant don't need to be in the Battle Royal. Well, yeah, I've also thought about that too. Is like you don't need Hogan on the show, and you don't need this title to be in the Battle Royal. Well, because originally when we first saw the promo at Halloween Havoc, it was talking about the winner would get a title shot. Yeah, you can still do that. Yeah, but you don't need to have it for the title. Yeah. I, I just see it as Bischoff seeing it as, oh, this could be, this is bigger than the Royal Rumble. So but like you we said, need to make this a tradition. So we need to put the very first one, have these extra added stakes of an actual title on the line. And he wants to make it bigger by adding Hogan and star power into the match. But they don't need themselves Hogan. in the corner they because you can't do. have a clean win. And now it's like, it doesn't make me want to tune into Nitro. It makes me want to turn, turn off Nitro. Because I just want a clean win. This is back-to-back pay-per-views where you have a non-clean finish right. for your pay-per-view. And technically, I guess you could go back to War Games, too. Because that was supposed to be Sullivan and Hogan alone five minutes in the yes. cage. It didn't happen. That a great point. So that's three straight WCW pay-per-views now where you've had screwy finishes that great get reneged point. the next night on Nitro. Yeah. Not ending your pay-per-views very good at all. No. I, I didn't even think about that at all, but we, that we've, makes total sense. We've had that once from WWF in the triple header match. Yeah. But that had a legit reason to be a screwy finish and reneged the next night, and yeah. it was because of a lawyer and a contract. Yeah. Well, if you think of a Survivor Series, it, the last image really was Bret Hart being checked on because yeah. Diesel laid him out. That's not, but it was a clean finish in the match. It, was. it, was a it gave finish, you a, yeah. a finish, and it made me want to tune in the next night to see right, what why Diesel, did Diesel do this? Right, what yeah. did, what are we going to now? Yeah. Whereas this makes me go, it's Hogan putting the spotlight on himself again. Yep. And he was, and the same thing can be said about Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. Like that should have been a moment. The Giant, his first match, wins the world title, mm-hmm. and instead the next night, nope, he's not the champ. We're stripping him of the belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, then why did I pay my money to see that match? The, right. If the outcome doesn't matter because you're just going to change it the next night, mm-hmm. why am I paying money? Yeah. And this is a problem I think we're going to see with WCW a lot. Their pay-per-views do not matter. Mm-hmm. It's all about Nitro. Right. 
They're putting all their eggs in that basket. And, and that shows you from them doing the Hogan-Sting match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take Hogan and Sting out of the Battle Royal. Do it on War Games. Or do, do it at World oh, War Three. That could be your semi-main. Mm-hmm. And then you could still do the Battle Royal, not for the title, for a number one contendership. And Savage could win that. Yeah. If you want to put the belt on Savage, and then you could have the title match next night on Nitro. Mm-hmm. If you want Savage to have the belt so bad, because he hasn't had it in a year. Maybe it's in his contract. He has to have the belt at some point during yeah. his first year with the company. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? Right. I think you could even have a besides Savage, you could have like Luger. Yeah, they've been pushing him really strong, so he could be the champion too. Or if you're gonna put it over, as Dusty said, an underdog could win tonight. Give it to Guerrero. Nah. Yeah, for a night, for two nights, for a week. Yeah. It would be the equivalent of what we're gonna get out of Savage. Yeah. Because, spoiler, we're not getting anything from Savage being world champ. Right. He's not going to defend it, and the next time he defends it, he loses it. Mm-hmm. And there's going to yeah. be controversy about if he should actually be the champion. So, if you're going to have controversy, and it's not going to matter anyways, give it to an underdog to put over the fact of, oh my god, this battle royal, anyone can win it and win the title. Yeah, that was just a weird random thrown out comment by by dusty there the oh yeah underdog winning that uh, maybe you shouldn't have said that because that makes a little bit of sense but right or put it on yeah. sting sting yep you know sting is at the focal point of so many stories right now and the crowd clearly loves him yep so he gets the biggest pops of, of the night it couldn't go it, the way it's set up right now going into the show you couldn't put it on giant Giant couldn't win this battle royal because then it looks really dumb. Why'd you take the belt off him to begin with? Mm-hmm. You couldn't put it on Hogan. No. You take those two out. What are you left with? Mm-hmm. I, I think Savage is you your best option. You could put it on on Hogan, but we know that he's he's no. out of dates. You can't you can't you can't have him lose it at Havoc the way he did. And then win it back in a battle royal without possibly even eliminating the giant. Now, if you want to have it come down to the final two being Giant and Hogan, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think that would do awful damage to that belt. Oh, yeah, it would. It would. I I think I think your best options were either Flair, Luger, or Sting. Mm-hmm. I don't think Savage because he you know he's hurt. He's putting in five-minute matches. We talked about it when he faced, um, was it Ming on Nitro? Ming, yep. It was in and out like that. His Luger match here, in and out like that. The Luger match at Halloween Havoc. The Zodiac match. They're quick matches because he's hurt. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to get out of him as a a champion? Spoiler alert, when we get to Nitro, we're seeing what we're going to get out of him as champion. And that is, he's going to be gone for a little while, I think. Yep. I think so. So what are you getting? Yeah. I you booked yourself in the corner by making it for the belt. Mm-hmm. If it's not for the belt, Giant still has the title. He doesn't have to wrestle on the show. No. It was it was wanting it to be for the belt and the three giants thing. Yeah. They wanted to have the three giants and you can't not have the giant in there if you're talking about, about three giants. Giant. Yep. Yeah. So, 
What a mess. It was. What a really mess, was. Travis. There what do you think was. Meltzer gave that uh, that battle royal? Is a dud? One star. One star. One star. Take that. It's just... Uh, First ever. World War Three. Take I'm that. S- I'm so... Now you got me upset. I was okay with the whole <laughs> Savage thing, but now yep. knowing where it's going... I'm, it makes you more. It makes me more angry. upset because you should have done something else. Yep. You 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 could have put it. Like I said, I gave you three options. Could put it on any of those three guys, and you didn't. You, you didn't put it on any of them, and it's now I'm frustrated. <laughs> now I'm frustrated. <sighs> frustrated is not the word for it. This is yeah. You know the rest. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna. I'm, I was trying to look and see exactly uh, how many uh, title defenses we we will get out of uh, Mr. Randy Savage in this uh, this title reign. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's any. I really, really don't. Um, so let's hear. Let's go matches. The one. We'll get the one where he loses it, I think. Yeah, that's it. And that, I think that's it. I don't think it's any more. So he wins the world title at the Battle Royal. And then from there, all right, okay. We do get title matches. We get three, four. Four title matches out of uh, out of four. Savage. Wow. Four of them, including two on one show. <laughs> and guess what? the The fourth one he loses it. Okay. Yeah. The other three all end in DQ. Thank you very much for coming. Jeez. Oh, Again, why are you doing this with your world champ? No sense. Yeah. Now frustrated <laughs> all right let's 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 move on from this let's and, do it yeah, yeah let's, let's move on let's move on for the best monday night raw Dump. it's for the best <laughs> well yeah moving on to to raw i'm oh boy all right let's just try to power through travis Let's That's get through it. What we gotta do. <laughs> so we start off um, the night, and actually, I'm I'm going to play this here um, because it's it's so good. This intro that we see voiced by Vince McMahon for this Raw. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it right here. Last week on Raw, the unthinkable happened. Shawn Michaels collapsed. As Shawn Michaels lay motionless in the ring, the crowd and even Michaels' opponent stood in stunned silence. The possibility of serious injury is a reality for anyone who steps into the squared circle. The fear of that moment is something every superstar tries to put in the back of his mind. Last Monday was a stark reminder of what can really happen. So that's the intro there from Vince for this uh, this Raw. And I love the juxtaposition. You have 
the video of Sean collapsing, people being concerned, people, you know, being so upset, and uh, the, the oxygen masks on him, and he's passed out. And immediately after Vince gets done there saying what he says, you go to the Raw Open, and Sean's dancing on the Raw dancing. letters. Doc Hendricks is dancing. You yeah, take out the Open. Let that be your intro. Yeah. Don't. It just. It's a weird positioning. It is. It was a weird transition. So. For sure. But we open, and Vince and Lawler welcome us and say we will have an update on Shawn Michaels later tonight. Also, Undertaker will take on Kama, and Bret Hart will be interviewed by Brother Love. So, excited about that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We then get uh, our first match of the night. Rad Radford takes on Ahmed Johnson. But before that, Vince starts talking about Brother Love getting fat since the last time we saw him. So, (laughs) true feelings, I think, from Vince. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, "Brother Brother Love's gotten quite fat since we last saw him. (laughs) <laughs> Ahmed is out, and he's about, what would you say, a 4 out of 10? A little moist, but not too bad for this yeah, match. Yeah, about a 5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Radford attacks from behind. Radford with the arm, but Ahmed with a back elbow to get out of it. Ahmed with a big right kick, big right that knocks uh, Radford from the ring. Backlund is shown in the crowd campaigning. Uh, Ahmed then gets hung up on the top rope. Radford with some shots on the floor. Ahmed back in the ring, and he has... Uh, Radford in the corner. Ahmed counters. Short arm clothesline and a scissor kick. Ahmed then with a big pump kick. Big spine buster. And he counters Radford with the uh, Tiger Bomb or what will be known as the Pearl River Plunge for the win. Mm-hmm. Kind of nothing. Yep. Super, super quick. And you can tell that uh, we, we always tell that Vince is excited when Sean's out. He gets excited when Ahmed comes out. So you can really tell when, when Vince really is trying to get behind somebody or this yep. is a person that you should care about yep. when he gets excited. And he got really excited for Ahmed. And just uh, another just to get him an easy win. Yep. Yep. Put Ahmed over even more. Got to got to keep trying, you know, keep going. Uh, King then interviews Ahmed. King makes a joke about Ahmed. Um, Johnson then talks about respect. So um, <laughs> Dean Douglas though comes out. Dean then cuts a promo on Ahmed. Um, he does put Ahmed over, but says that the road to stardom goes through his classroom. So then Ahmed gets in the ring and challenges Douglas to join him, but the refs stop Dean Douglas and we go to break. King says, "McMahon, get in there. Get in, yeah. What Vince, do you want get in me there. to do? What do you want me to do?" <laughs> Get our Make wor- the match. Book the match, Yeah, Vince. come on, Vince. We get our weekly World Tour de Force promo, so there's that. Uh, we then come back, and Vince Lawler is taking a timeout for Twix. So, Yeah, you know, I thought it was a plug of Mountain Dew later on. Nope. Later on, years later. Oh, yeah. But nope, it started right here. Right with, here. With King and yep. then the Twix. We then get a Shawn Michaels video recapping the past two months. Um, Vince talking about post-concussion syndrome is weird. Um, we get a video from Survivor Series showing all the impact video from just last week. Um, and Vince says that Shawn Michaels will return to action at some point. But uh, he went to the hospital. He checked out. Um, yeah, they actually have cameras that followed yeah. uh, Michaels all the way into the hospital. Which was weird. And like I said last week, how do you know if it's an angle or not? Do they go to a hospital or a medical, a facility? medical facility? They went to the hospital. Vince oh. said hospital. Not medical really? facility. Yes. Hmm. Yes. He said he was transported to a hospital. That. Yes. Yep. Wow. So, it's real. It is. Real. We then get our next match as it's Aja Kong and Wannabe versus Blaze and Anoi. Um, 
Barry talks about in the new Brett shirt, and he talks way too long as the heels start attacking while Barry's still talking. God, it's $20. Plus three ninety nine shipping and it's handling. an ugly. It is. It's an ugly it is a shirt. Bad shirt. Don't spend your money no. on it. Send it to us over on our Patreon page. <laughs> yes. Blaze and Anoy double drop kick. We cut and it's Kong versus Anoy. Uh, Anoy with some chops. Kong with a big train attack. And Vince talks about an extra chromosome. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, he says that uh, Kong may be in the Olympics because he has an extra chromosome. No. Mm-hmm. I did not. Kong with a big splash. Vince then compares the shape of Kong to Brother Love. <laughs> What's up with Vince and all the hate? I know. I know. The only thing I'm hearing is just them talking about Princess Diana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get on that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, that comment. Yeah. Snap, I think I know what you're talking about. Snapmare by Wannabe. Wannabe in uh, control but misses a middle rope splash. Annoyed with a surfboard, but she needs to release it to avoid the three count. Blaze goes up and over in the corner and... Uh, drives her head into the corner. Um, that's uh, Wannabe's head. Annoying Kong tag it back in. Kong with a few kicks to the back. Kong with a big suplex for two. We go to break. We come back and Wannabe and Annoy are in. And Vince makes a joke that you would normally is reserved for Jerry Lawler. Oh, really? But he said uh, that you might have heard of Aja's grandfather. Oh. King Kong. King Kong. That's and, supposed to be Jerry Lawler's joke. And Lawler you, says Vince. it takes a king to know a king. So see you. Why you, Vince? Uh, annoy with some because Vince doesn't want to call this match. I guess not. Annoy with some clotheslines. Annoy with a slam and a top rope elbow drop. It was more to the thigh than anything. It didn't look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to be with a one on a middle rope splash. Annoy with an arm drag off the top, but Kong breaks up the pin. Blaze and Kong are now legal. Blaze with an insiguri and two middle rope drop kicks. Don't do the insiguri. We're putting over that. That is a damaging move. No one else should be doing insiguries on WWF TV besides Owen Hart. Nope. Uh, missed the third middle rope drop kick. Does Blaze want to be with a slam, but Kong misses the splash. Annoy tags in with a clothesline. Uh, Annoy tries a powerbomb, but it gets countered. Vince then at this point talks about safe sex with Aja Kong and how she's not going to be signing a deal with any Norwegian condom companies like Princess Die. Mm-hmm. He just blurts out that Aja has something in common with Princess Di about mm-hmm. safe sex. Yeah. I was like, Whoa. "What? What are we?" <laughs> and again, that goes back to something we've complained about for a while. This is a taped episode of Raw, so they're trying to be timely yeah. and talk about pop culture. And you can't just insert it. You can't just squeeze it in because it's pop culture. No. Kong then hits the spinning back fist. For the win, but it's not really on camera because there's other stuff going on. And the you know, Vince and Jerry are talking about safe sex instead of the match, and yeah. you just kind of it's over. Yep. And you want to hear something absolutely awful? What's that? The theme used for Aja Kong after the win is the Orient Express tag team theme music. Yeah, I knew that. Was, I knew that sounded familiar. Yep. Because <laughs> they're Asian, you get it? From the Orient. They're from course. the Orient. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I can see after this match and after the Survivor Series match why some people may be looking for greener pastures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We get a recap of Diesel turning at Survivor Series and a recap of Diesel last week as well. Um, now that I've seen it multiple times, I'm not as big of a fan of Diesel's podcast last week. Or, uh, promo. promo last week as I was on the podcast last week. 
Yeah, you hyped it up pretty good. I did. I thought it was really good, but now that I've seen it twice or three times, it's like, eh, he stumbles a couple times. Um, he stumbles his lines. You missed the nah. boat. You missed the ball. Um, but, I mean, it's been as bad. It was one of his best It work, was. It was. So. He will never, ever have another promo where he messes up the English language. In a no. big-time situation, he will not nope, do that. So we got a Brother Love in ring, and Brother Love says he's back, and he will have a man who needs a lesson in love, a man who has a lot of heart but no love, and that's Bret Hart. He calls him Brother Hitman, which I don't know popped me, and I don't know why. Uh, Brother Love says that Bret is a marked man. Do you he, say a marked man or a mark man? Both. <laughs> you see? See? <laughs> <laughs> Love asks if Diesel was his toughest match yet, but Brother Love pulls the mic away before Brett can answer. Brother Love says Undertaker wants to challenge Brett Hart. Again, Brett, Brother Love won't let Brett talk. Uh, Brother Love says that Brett makes his mother cry for fighting his brother and his brother-in-law. Brother Love then brings up Brett losing to Bulldog. We get a little video of that. Brett then grabs the mic, and he says, To achieve great things, you got to live like you're never going to die great what a great quote from the hitman there brett says from bell to bell we both know where we stood but after the match with diesel what you did was cheap and you were always cheap and you've always been cheap and brett says he doesn't want to think about undertaker we then get video from SummerSlam 92 brett says that retribution i think is the best human emotion something along those lines i don't think it's emotion an emotion I did yeah. not notch that down. Uh, he says, what goes around comes around, and it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Brett with I put Brett with a pointless segment. <laughs> there was... Right. Brett bring then, him back. Just bring him back brother love for this. It's, yeah. Why? Here's, here's the payoff. In the end, Brett gets attacked by Bob Backlund. Yes, Bob Backlund puts him in the chicken wing. He calls Brett a disgrace. And I put, why are these still these two still kind of feuding from exactly. over a year exactly. ago? Over a year. Exactly. Let it go, Bob. Yeah. You lost. Right. It's okay. Right. Move on. You're running for president. And Worry about more important I things. knew something was up, and I figured this was going to be the end of the segment. You want to know how I know? How's that? Brother Love had a Bob Backlund for president campaign button on. He did. And at that point, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Bob Backlund. Showing yep, up. I did notice mad. that pin as well. So Macklin does release the hold and we go to break. Great. <laughs> Back and Triple H is in the ring while Hog does a video of his hogs. So that was great. His family. Yep. Uh, we then get our next match, which is Triple H versus a jobber. Uh, Triple H with an arm drag and a bow. Before the match, we had to, for some reason, throw in a little shade to Howard Finkel and say that he got slopped at a live event. They love making fun of, of Howard. At a tour de force. They love making fun of Howard. I was like, Anything okay. can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Look, Howard Finkel got slopped. <laughs> okay. We had, to, we had to throw that in there, didn't we? It's because he didn't show up at Survivor Series. If he would have been at Survivor Series, they wouldn't have thrown slop at him. legit yeah. reason, but... Probably, but Fuck Vince him. doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Rest no. in peace. Yeah. Uh, Hunter with an arm drag and a bow. Triple H with a punch, knee to the head. Triple H with an uppercut. Uh, big high knee from Hunter. He then slaps the jobber. Jobber then comes back with a few punches. I never got this guy's name. I didn't either. They uh, didn't say it. They didn't even have no. a graphic, really. An Irish whip, but it's countered with the pedigree for the win. And as he's going for the win, he just open hand slaps the guy in the face. Yep. That click power is going to <laughs> Hunter's going. head. Yep. 
he can just he's just thinking I can just do whatever the heck I want to these jobbers. It's untouchable. Well, we'll see in about uh, five months if you're still Mister Untouchable, yep. Mister Helmsley. Yep. We then say find out that at in your house, Razor and Marty will team up to take on the Sid and Kid connection. So that's great. Mm-hmm. We then get a promo with Cornette and Owen. Cornette says that WF's having problems finding Owen an opponent, so they're issuing an open challenge for the pay-per-view, and Owen Hart calls himself a heartbreaker because he broke the heartbreak kit. Yep, he is. Great. Okay. We then get our next match. It's supposed to be Undertaker versus Kama. Notice how I said supposed to be because Kama is out in street clothes and on crutches. DiBiase says that Kama is injured and unable to wrestle, but he has paid for the services of another superstar. And out of all the superstars in the locker room, out of everyone he could have picked, he chooses Sermo. Yep. This is the best the, the Ted DiBiase's money could buy. Sermo. Why not Sid? He's in your yeah. group. Yeah. Must have been a softball game that day or Prof- something. One, two, three, kid? Nah, he can't feed him to Undertaker. And he's not a part of his group, yeah. of Taker's group, so yeah, I can't do true. that. Vince says that that means Mabel could be out here because saying we saw him earlier tonight. Vince, that was last week. Yeah, did we? It's that like... was, you saw him earlier tonight <laughs> yeah. when you taped the show. Yeah. But that was last week. I, I did make uh, make note of that. Mm-hmm. We go to break. We see a video hyping next week because it's going to be Ray's Ramon versus Dean Douglas for the IC title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Undertaker then makes his entrance, and I noted it takes a little while for the Undertaker's blue lights to come on. He kind of walks out and is like halfway down the ramp, and then it the blue lights come on just out of nowhere. It was very weird. And like the camera's angles were weird as well. Just FYI. Um, plus, it sounds like there is wind in the arena. Did you hear that on your, your broadcast? It was like. Whoosh. I did not. I did not hear I, that. Not a fan. Go back and watch this. Undertaker. From this uh, Raw, November 27th. Make note. Anyways, uh, back from break, and Undertaker takes off his hat. Undertaker with a chop, sent into the corner. Undertaker with a slam. DiBiase, though, trips Undertaker. Undertaker gets clothesline to the floor, but lands on his feet, and he goes after DiBiase and has him goozled. But Kama, oh, he's not injured. He attacks Undertaker from behind. Mo with an axe handle to the floor, and then we go to commercial. Back, Mo is in control. Yes, Mo is in control. Vince said he thought he saw Mabel as we went to break. Back from break, and no, there is no Mabel there. No, he didn't. I've, I've found out something from watching these Raws. What's that? They love the bait and switch on Raw. Like, someone, will, we've made note of it, someone will come out, one I remember specifically, Waylon Mercy came out to watch Undertaker, and we come back and he is nowhere to be seen. That is their break cue. Whenever someone's coming out or someone's heading out to the ring, they go to commercial, they come back, they're nowhere to be seen. And it does nothing at all for the match or the story. It's just to go to break. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. dumb. Mm-hmm. Find more it's creative just, ways to go to break. Waylon Mercy and Undertaker probably would have been a good superstar match was what they were setting up there. Yep. So. yep. Uh, Mo sent him into the corner, but Undertaker with a corner choke. Mo then gets sent into the corner. Big boot by Taker. Undertaker with a flying clothesline. Undertaker then sends Kama into the steps. Undertaker with another slam. Kama and DiBiase leave at this point. Mo is goozled. Gets choke slam. Undertaker with the win off the choke slam. But Mabel is now making his way down. Mabel tries to get the chain of the that is the urn. But Undertaker got it first. He's holding on to it. But Yokozuna comes from behind. Undertaker and Yoko stare down face to face. And Undertaker hands the chain urn 
necklace to Paul Bear, but ah, Mabel attacks Paul Bear, gets the chain, and Mabel runs away while the Undertaker chases him. Yeah, he runs away with it. Quality. He did not say "I'm the king" when he rolled when he ran away, but I thought that would have been a nice, nice touch. But yeah, comma. Yeah. What are you doing? You, you've kept this necklace for so long, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna leave. We we read it in the news. Kama's given his notice. He's already he's like, out the door. He's like, all I got keeping me here is this necklace. Here, take it. I'm gone. I guess so. That's why he didn't wrestle. That's when you know that it all makes sense. That that's why all that happened. I guess so. The only thing tying him to the company was that necklace. Yeah, now he can. But you, you take. You've had it so long a rivalry of trying to keep the urn away from Taker, and now you just basically just give it to him more or less. Well, he knew Mabel and Yoko he were coming know. out. He yeah. did know, so it was all a part which, of the plan. By the way, I was thinking about this. I was listening to last week's show, which we did Survivor Series. Okay, mm-hmm. I booked it better. Are you ready? A simple change. A very simple change that makes Survivor Series a much better card. Okay. Okay? You take Sid and Razor out of the wild card match. Mm-hmm. You put Undertaker and Mabel in the wild card match. Undertaker on Sid's spot, Mabel on Razor's spot. Then you have all heels on that side. You have Undertaker. Can he work with this newcomer, Ahmed, Bulldog? doesn't matter. Undertaker gets an elimination on Dean Douglas. Then him and Mabel, double DQ, double count out. Both get him out of there. Razor teams up with the underdog team. Kick off Bob Holly. He's already mad, so it's okay. Yeah. And kick off Barry Horowitz. Yep. And... You put Sid and Kid on the other side with Skip and with uh, Rad Radford. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series is better. Yep. the The star quality of the wild card match goes down just a tad bit without Razor, but but I think he lends his star quality to Taker. the other match. Yep, and you get Taker in there. Mm-hmm. You get Mabel. Or you have Razor still be in that match, but have him and Bulldog switch sides and make it just a normal Survivor Series match with Sean, Ahmed, Undertaker, and Razor versus Yoko, Mabel, Owen, and Bulldog. Mm -hmm. There's your solution. Yeah, right. Kick Sid out of there. Don't do wild card. Sid can go down and team with Kid, Mm -hmm. or he can, you know, captain the Royals or whatever and, you know... Put yep. Bob Holly on Fatu's team or Savio Vegas team or whatever, and mm-hmm. call it good. Call it good. Yep, <laughs> I fixed it. Yep, it's a pretty decent solution. I think so, right? Yep. Or have Undertaker versus Mabel one on one. That also works because Mabel got himself counted out anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not just have a one on one match that is like three minutes long of Undertaker beating up stalking Mabel and Mabel running away. Mm-hmm. Same thing accomplished. Yep. And Undertaker doesn't have to run through your entire heel roster to do it. Vince and Lawler recap what just happened, and next week we get Marty versus Sid and the IC title match. So there you go. There's your Raw, Travis. Yep, and that's how it ends. Was it a great Raw? No. No. No, not at all. No, it was not. But maybe, maybe we will see a much better show 
on the other channel. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. WCW Nitro. WCW Monday Nitro. Live as live can be from Salem, Virginia. Bischoff talks about how Savage is the champ and the controversy behind it while Bobby Heenan's waving a little tiny Japanese flag. Bischoff then throws to Hogan's promo from last night where he removed the dark side of Hulk Hogan. And you're going to tell me about the dog. I am because that that is important because Bischoff actually acknowledges him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pepe is in a leopard vest with matching cowboy hat to match uh, Mongo's kind of tiger shirt and black vest. So they, the owner and they don't really match exactly, but they are wearing leopard and tiger print stuff. Great. (laughs) How many more months I got of this? Too many. Uh, and the reason they're wearing it is because these, these guys are ready for raw meat. Of course. Raw. Get it. He didn't emphasize raw, though. But It was. Don't worry. <laughs> we go to our first match of the night. Johnny V. Bad with the Diamond Doll versus DDP for the TV title. Rinse and repeat. Rewind and do it again. Bad has his bad blaster back, he though. He does. He does he allow does. the doll to shoot it off. But once again, I don't think the... Uh, you know, he said he wanted her to take her time and decide if he wants to manage, you know, if she wants to manage Johnny B. Bad. Well, I guess he gave her, you know, so. 24, 24 hours. hours is enough. That's enough. Um, DDP is out with flowers. DDP looks very dejected. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives the doll flowers, but then he smacks Johnny B. Bad, and we're underway. DDP in control of Johnny B. Bad. DDP stomps on the hand, hits an elbow. DDP with a pancake for two. The doll is looking through the flowers, and what is there? She finds a chain in the flowers, and the doll doesn't know what to do. Basically, this match was Johnny B. Bad and DDP fight in the background while the camera yes, focuses on the exactly. Diamond Doll. The, the focus was yes. Kimberly and yes. the doll, uh, and uh, when she pulls the chain from the flowers, uh, Heenan calls it a bracelet. Yes, he does. And Good Eric touch, ca- Bobby. And Bischoff calls it a weapon. It, yes. DDP with a tilt-a-whirl slam for two, but again, we are focused on the doll. DDP gets taken down by Bad. The doll goes to throw the chain, but it goes through the legs of Paige to Bad, who hits DDP with it for the win. Bad, after the match, is on the floor wondering uh, who she was trying to throw it to, and the doll says, it doesn't matter. You won. You're the greatest. You won. My next line is, weird. (laughs) This was weird. Yep, it was all just the angle of Kimberly with the chain. And we go to break. So, come back and Bischoff talks about Hogan taking on Hugh Morris and Sting and Luger teaming up later tonight. Gene now is in the entryway with Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan, and Taskmaster wants to talk to Jimmy Hart. Sullivan wants to know why Luger is hanging around with Sting. We see a video of last night when Sting stopped Luger from attacking Savage's arm while Sullivan says we could have had it, blah, blah, blah. Hart says he has never lied to Sullivan. He was his first manager. And Sting and Luger are friends, and they go back just like Sullivan and Hart. And they start to say something, and Gene shoes him away, and we go to a break. Mm-hmm. That was rushed. It felt weird. Again. It was weird. So we're back, and we get uh, a women's tag match. It's Cutie Suzuki and Ozaki versus Nakano and Hokutu. Take this, rewind it back, do it again. Same match from last night. Pretty well, yeah. I put funny that both Raw and Nitro have women's tag matches almost in the exact same place, the exact same night, the exact same time. Mm. Bull Nakano, she had this robe kind of last night, too, but it's kind of yep. flare-esque. It is. It is flare-esque. With the boas on mm-hmm. 
Uh, Suzuki and Osaki with a double team, but the match breaks down to Hokuto and, and Ozaki. Uh, Hokuto with a top rope choke. Nakano tags in with a hair whip, make it two hair whips. Uh, Nakano with a double hand choke and a splash, but Suzuki with the save. Suzuki then tags in. This match, I guess, has no rules is what I put because they just come in and out as they please. No rules. Yep. Uh, Suzuki does hit a full Nelson German suplex for a two. Looked good again. Uh, Nagano... Nakano tags in but misses the top rope leg drop this time. Suzuki and Ozaki with a double double stomp for two. Nakano with a double suplex. She was supposed to get double suplex, but she suplexed both of them. And Hokuto with a splash. Hokuto with a gut wrench powerbomb. Hokuto gets rolled up for two. Hokuto with a Northern Light suplex for two. Nakano tags in. Nakano went for a powerbomb, but instead sits on Suzuki for two. Double drop kick sends Nakano out to the floor. Hokuto uh Sends both faces to the floor, but she misses the front flip splash to the floor this time. Instead, it hits her partner, Bull Nakano. Double clothesline from Bull Nakano. Hokuto with a double drop kick and a fisherman's buster from Hokuto that she got from her husband, Kenzo Suzuki, we were told on commentary, oh, for the yes. win. Multiple times we yes. were told that. For the win. Great. It looked like uh, Bull kind of got hurt. It does. With her partner diving on her in. She's favoring that knee pretty pretty good. Yep, yep. But it was it was an okay match. Um, basically, like last night, rinse and repeat. Yep. Nakano missed the leg drop instead, and mm-hmm. they the other one missed the on, front the flip. dive on the outside. Yep. But that was. But they still get the win. Yep. So poor uh, Suzuki and Ozaki travel all this way to lose two matches on back to back nights. Well, at least they got to work twice. That's true. Up next, we get Hogan versus Hugh Morris, but first we got our Saturday night preview. Sting versus Kurosawa. Dean Malenko will be in action. American Males in action, and Duggan versus VK Wall Street. Yeah, this graphic, though, before we go to commercial break, has Hogan in his bl- in his dark side attire. Yeah, they didn't update so the they graphic. They did not update the no, graphic. No, no. Um, Hugh Morris comes out, and he looks dumb, I put. He keeps smiling and laughing, then gets serious. It's dumb, 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 dumb. Hogan out in a red and yellow, and this is our first Hogan Nitro match, I think, since he faced Luger week two. I don't remember having another Hogan match between now and then. Hogan Sting. Oh, Hogan Last Sting. Last week. Well, forget what I say. That's <laughs> what happens when you make note to check it out and you forget. Yeah. And when Hogan comes out, he said, they say, where the big boys play. Take a drink. So take a drink. Hogan throws his shirt at Hugh Morris. Hogan with some long flowing hair. His hair looked longer than it. I remember it. Uh, Hogan with a drop down, shoulder tackle. Hogan with an arm into a hammerlock. Morris now in control with some punches. Knocks down Hogan, but Hogan moves from an elbow drop. Hogan with the axe bomber clothesline. He then bites Morris. Hogan with a clothesline in the corner, a rake of the eyes. Morris up on the second rope and hits a clothesline to take down Hogan. And Mungo at that point says, you got to hand it to him. He's a wrestler. <laughs> Thanks, Mongo. <laughs> Thank Get you for your commentary. commentary. Yes. <laughs> Hugh Morris with a chop and a punch, followed by a slam. Morris is going up top. He hits the no mat, laughing matter for two. Then Hogan starts hulking up. Hogan with the finger point. A block. Three rights. Big boot. Leg drop. Win, Hogan. Hogan barely sweating after the match. Hogan then poses as we get, re- as we get replays, and we go to break. During the match as well, Bischoff insists that the crowd is chanting Hogan, Hogan. Mm. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear anyone. Mm -mm. Up next, we get a graphic for Sting and Luger versus Arn and Pillman. 
we come back and we are told we're going to get a special encore presentation of World War Three tomorrow night. And Bischoff says to set your VCRs. Bischoff, that is illegal. <laughs> right. It says, it has right. it at the beginning. Do not share, copy, or record this without express written consent from World Championship Wrestling. Right. Quit telling people to break the law, Bischoff. Right. Dumb. Gene's in the entryway, and he introduces Savage. So Savage comes out with the big gold belt, and it, I put Savage with the big gold belt just looks great. It, looks it just nice. looks nice on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene wants to personally congratulate Savage, and he tries to shake his hand, but Savage is not really doing it, and they just kind of lightly shake. Yeah, Gene just basically grabs his hand mm-hmm. more than anything. Savage says that he is the only world champion. Uh, says he's on top of the mountain, and he'll take on he's all comers. Static. He's ecstatic. Yeah. Uh, Randy says that Hogan is a friend of mine. Yeah. So if Hogan has issues and at that point, Hogan of course comes out, Hogan says, brother friends, He's, let me tell you something, <laughs> something brother, brother friend. <laughs> and he says that two guys didn't get thrown over the top rope last night. So Hogan says, let's roll the videotape. And for some reason in my head, I don't know why. Maybe I was just, I don't know. But when Hogan says, roll the videotape. I wanted him to say from the Bush's Beans commercial and say, roll that beautiful bean footage. I don't know why. It was just stuck in my head. I think I baked beans when I was watching this. So, And uh, Hogan uh, says that that championship still has my uh, name oh, on yeah. it. I'm, I'm planning on getting that changed. changed. I think he said brother. <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, video from last night. We see Hogan dumping Sting, Luger, and Giant, but then the tape gets staticky and it just ends before we get to see anything else. Ah. Uh, then the Giant runs out and he chokes Slam Savage on the concrete floor. He then throws Hogan in the ring. Giant's now clubbering on Hogan, but Sting makes the save. Hogan in the ring with a chair, hits Giant in the back three times, four times. Giant finally goes down. Hogan then elbows the ref. Won't be the last time an nice F gets. Yeah. Uh, Hogan still hitting Giant with a chair, including uh, three times in the head. Hogan keeps hammering on Giant. Savage is down, and Hogan and Sting stand over Savage as medical personnel rush in. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Bischoff saying, we can do a medical angle too, Vince. Like, we can do this too. Basically, and, you know, Savage is legit hurt. We then head over to the announcers who uh, are wondering about Savage's health. Bobby, though, does a great job of really putting over the giant and saying how devastating he is. Um, And then he mentions, or Bischoff mentions, about Sting calling Hogan off the giant. I didn't notice that the first time, but I guess Sting kind of did. Did you see that at all? Yeah, he stopped him from from hitting the giant. Sting whispering the sweet nothings to everyone to get them to do what he Mm -hmm. wants. Yep. Come on. Don't (laughs) hurt him. He's just, he just wants everybody to get along, Don't. and he doesn't want Hogan to hurt the giant yet. Don't hurt him. <laughs> Pillman and Anderson come out for our main event. Sting comes out by himself with no Luger, which was weird because why couldn't Sting just stay in the ring? He was just out here. Um, I put, where is Luger? Now he comes out without music, so yeah. weird, but he does get his pyro, and then his music starts halfway down the ramp. Who missed their cue? Somebody I'm guessing Luger, right? This will be the second time he's missed his cue. I don't blame it on Luger. I blame it on Luger. Uh, it's easier to do he's that. He's probably still getting warmed up. Probably. Putting the oil on. Yep. Arn with a knee and a punch. Uh, as Sting and Arn start the match, Arn with a spine buster, but Luger makes a save. Sting with a boot and a bulldog for both Arn and Pillman. 
Luger and Sting with press slams. Arn and Sting back in, but Arn wants to face Luger, so Luger tags in. Luger with a headlock, but Arn pushes him off. Arn gets sent into Pillman, who goes off the apron and all the way to the railing. Uh, a forearm shot, and Arn face raked on the top rope by Luger. Sting then in with a stinger splash, Scorpion Deathlock, but Pillman is up on the top rope. Luger throws him off the top rope, but he, oh, he throws him right into Sting. Pillman then tags in, starts stomping on Sting. We are, we are told that Sting looks hurt. Yeah, that was a pretty good shove by Luger. X marks the spot mm-hmm. on Sting there. Arn tags back in, and they double-team Sting. Sting with some elbows, chops, but gets hit with an atomic drop. Pillman goes after Luger, who chases Pillman. Sting with a punch to Arn, but Sting was looking for the tag, but Luger isn't there. The Horseman then with a double-team, but Luger attacks both Horsemen. Luger with a clothesline to Arn in the corner. Sting gets the win with a roll-up, but Arn hits a DDT on Sting as soon as he gets up, and then Flair comes out and starts beating on Luger. Pillman with a splash to Luger. Flair hits the ref. So, again, second ref hit, back-to-back segments. Flair with a figure four on Sting, but Hogan comes out for the save. He gets rid of Pillman and Arn, but Flair chops Hogan. It has no effect. Why Ric Flair still throws chops, I'll never know, because no one ever sells for him. Hogan comes back with some rights, but the other horsemen save Flair. Hogan then tries to punch Luger, but Sting won't let him do it. Sting and Hogan argue. Hogan wants to know what's going on with Sting and Luger. Sting and Hogan shake and embrace, and we go to break. Great. Again, Sting trying to be a, a mediator. Great. So we go back to the announcers who recap what happened tonight. So they talk about how Savage won the Battle Royal with one arm, and Mongo talks about ordering the replay. Bobby talks about the Giant. And then we're going to get a special announcement about Starcade on Saturday night. Bischoff says as the show ends. Yep. And also tune in to Saturday night for the condition, uh, an updated condition of Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot that's about that. Too. Yeah. All right. I'm Travis. Do I have to give a winner? You know what time it is. It's time to give away a winner. We got to pick a winner this week. Do I have to? You have to. Can it be a push? No, it cannot. I figured I had to ask. We need to have an answer. It's not by... And it can't be ECW either. (laughs) I wasn't going to do that. Okay. I, it's not because we have to pick a winner then, so I'll give it to WCW. You're giving it to Nitro. Yeah, it wasn't by a lot. All right, well, we once again disagree. I'm giving it to Raw, and here's why I'm giving it to Raw. I cannot give it to Nitro when you air two repeat matches from the night before. Yeah. At least Raw had new matches. Yeah. Even if they were Undertaker versus Sermo, and even if they were Ahmed Johnson versus Rad Radford, and even the tag match could be new because it wasn't all eight as it was at Survivor Series. So I, I, even though it was taped, even though the dated references were not great, the Bret Hart segment wasn't great, but I would take the Bret Hart segment probably because it made me laugh over the whole Savage Hogan giant segment. Yeah, That's a good way to write off Savage, though. It is. I think that's what they're doing, but yeah. I, 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 cannot, I cannot give it to someone who shows me repeats from last night. And not even, not, not even as good. I'm not saying Nitro was a, was a great show by any means. Oh, I know. It wasn't even good, but... 
I liked it slightly more than, than Raw. I I can't give it to a main event of maybe if it was Undertaker comma, but Undertaker versus Sir Mo. Yeah, yeah. I this was a hard one. And it had two squashes, really. This one wasn't great. I will agree with you on that. It it was not. Not the finest hour for either shows. I expected a little more out of Nitro because it was right after a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And usually those are the better shows. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, not... And uh, nothing really was settled with the controversy. That's no, no. thing to do to tune in. Yep, not at all. Not really what was settled because the, the footage that was supposed to be shown, it got cut out. It did. Right got, when the giant attack stopped. Oh, man. It's like they planned it or something. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, crazy. All right. Are you ready for next week, Travis? Do you want to know what we have coming up for next week's show that we get to review? Yeah, what's going on? On this week? podcast. Well, ECW next week. We will see Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer taking on Raven and Cactus Jack from November to remember. Probably yeah. cut up, but uh, we'll also see Public Enemy take on Bubba Ray and Dances with Dudley. So... Look out for that one coming to you next week on uh, ECW. On Raw, we're going to get Davey Boy Smith taking on Bob Holly. Fatu takes on the Brooklyn Brawler. The Razor IC title match against Dean Douglas and Marty Jannetty versus Sid. That's all next week on Raw. And next week on Nitro, it will be Harlem Heat in action against the American Males. Sting takes on Kurosawa, the Giant versus Scott Norton, and Lex Luger versus Randy Savage. All that coming ahead as we start building towards In Your House and Starcade. Starcade. Starcade, yes. The greatest of all the Cades. Not this one, no. No, not, not this one. I'll agree with you on that. Hey, don't forget, like I said at the beginning, make sure you head over to Facebook, to Fans Review Wrestling Podcast. Like us over there. Email us at twofansreview at gmail.com. The Twitter Two fans review W1 as well. Subscribe, rate, and review each episode. We'll be back with you next week. Travis, any words of wisdom to get us out of here on? Fortunately, I don't. Follow the Twitter for sure. I'll try to keep up that more. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for downloading. We certainly appreciate it and watching 95 Wrestling. I have words of wisdom for you. Okay. Don't watch any of the shows we reviewed on this show. None of them were good. Go watch AEW from the 30th of December. Oh, yes. Go watch yeah, that, that was, instead. That was pretty fabulous. So that's that's my words of encouragement for the week for you. If you haven't seen it, I go watch it. my thing already, but whatever Bret Hart said. Oh, what did I? I, That's my words of wisdom. Whatever whatever Bret Hart said is my words. That's not the guy I'd be taking words of advice from. Um, Was it uh, uh, to achieve great things, you got to live like you're never going to die? Yep, that's it. I didn't know if you wanted people to go around and start calling Diesel cheap. (laughs) That was his other one. No, no. All righty. That's the words of wisdom. That'll do it for us for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on the Two Fans Review Wrestling Podcast.